Hello, and welcome to another episode of Story Screen Presents. <laughs> <laughs> Were you going to say hot takes? No. no. So, I think you were saying stork screens? Can we're that keep, be at the end? Nope, we're keeping it in. Oh, so <laughs> Episode 200, baby. Episode 200, it's our 200th episode. Yeah, we're so, we're so good at it now. Yeah, we're very, very good at this. Professional. Very good. Um, so, uh, I, my name's Mike Burge, uh, and I thought for episode 200, I would just completely forget how to do podcasts. Great job. So... A plus. We're just going to dive right in. If you clicked play, you know that the uh, title of this episode is uh, whatever it is, because I haven't picked what the title is. Man, we're just killing oh. it yeah, so No, far. that's the whole bit. Uh, it's like, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Besto yeah. the Decado. Yeah. Uh, I get, what should we call the episode? I just said it. That was what it. What is it? Besto the Decado. Besto the Decado. <laughs> so this One of is, a kind. This Bada is us, uh, Usually we talk Neonics. about our, our best of the year. Uh, and kind of formulate and get together and talk about a bunch of different movies. Uh, this year, however, because a lot of people were doing a bunch of best of the decades at the end of the decade, we figured we would uh, cover the decade in film, all the way back to 2010, talking about some of our favorite films. Uh, however, though, we do still want to start out and give 2019 some love. Uh, we definitely talked a lot about some of our favorites over on the Oscars episode. That was a couple episodes back, so if you didn't check that out... Definitely get over there for some real good Parasite talk. Uh, I'm sure we're going to be talking some Parasite here as well, but all the more content, the better. Um, So I'm Mike Birch, and today I am joined by... Bernadette Gorman-White. Happy to be here. And... Jack Kolodzewski. Happy to be here? Yeah. Great. And... (laughs) Diana DeMiro. How are you feeling about being here? A little tired. A little tired. And of course... Robbie Anderson, and I've been here all day. Yes. <laughs> he never left. Too never true, left. too true. <laughs> He's like a, he exists in like a Pokeball-like form until we're ready to podcast and just kind of launch him out. I'm, f- I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that is fine with me. So uh, who wants to start out with 2019? Who wants to say their favorite movie of 2019 first and let's talk about it? And we'll go around the table. We'll, t- we'll talk some 2019 for a little bit and then we'll we'll jump into the other years and kind of give them some little picky picky picky. You're staring at me. You want me to do it? I mean, I can do it if you want. Go ahead, Diana. I, I feel like I'm going to just be repeating a lot of what I've said before, but I put Parasite as my number one on my list, and I put it as my number one pick for best pick for Oscars. The Oscar sweep, baby. And it fucking happened, so clearly Oscars. I'm correct. Bong high <laughs> right now. Obviously, I'm right. <laughs> I like good shit, so. And there you go. Yeah. Um, I mean, clearly we're all movie experts, so we predicted that oh, yeah. Bong Joon-ho would win uh, Best Screenplay, Best Director, <laughs> Best International Film, and Best Picture. Right. Um, but, man, we were really excited when that happened. Yes, yeah. very much so. Yeah. I feel like he just looked like he was so flabbergasted when he kept he, winning. That poor man was ready to drink. Yeah. Every Oscar's And like, lay down. Please, I just want to drink. Please, <laughs> please. <laughs> and then they kept giving him statues, preventing him from drinking. Right. His hands were full after two. Can they give him like yeah. two more? They given him a bottle that was looking like a statue that he could just screw the head it, off of. If you get more than two, they give you one of those like coffee trays. Yes. So you can just kind of stick them like in there. Like Starbucks. Yeah, that, that exactly. I like. Yeah. <laughs> well, he and his translator are like such good buds. It's like they had the four hands just like ready for all <laughs> these awards. Yeah. yeah. I would say that a close second would be the farewell. So... For me, love the farewell. Yeah, very I good. just watched that pretty recently. Yeah, you oh, liked yeah? it, Jack. I caught up finally. You think? Yeah, it's on Amazon you Prime now. I fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Yeah. yeah, it's it's cool that movie. Um, 
kind of exists between like between like an international picture and an American. It's like a very distinctly like like Chinese American movie. Yeah, like, that's like a part it, of its like core narrative yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, I like, think that's really fascinating. Yeah, like the culture of it, but then also being a little outside of it because you're American. Right. Yeah. And the food. It was a good one. Food looks good. <laughs> good food. Yeah. A lot of good food in that movie. Good yeah. Good food. No, I feel like that one hit me pretty hard because I was definitely like, I miss my grandma. Oh. <laughs> Diana, before like the Oscars hype with Parasite happened, like, why do you think you made it your number one movie of the year? For Parasite? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think I remember talking to you a little bit about the farewell, and and for a while that was sort of like close to the top. Yeah, it was always me. up there for me as well. Yeah, um, but I think for Parasite, it was like um, more of just like a straight up guttural like sucker punch because it was so stressful, mm-hmm. and like the parts that were happy and funny were so good, and then when it like just switches, it's such like a rug pull out from under you. Yeah. And then the ending is so fucking sad. So <laughs> it's just it like, sad. you know, anything that's like that where you're like, oh, my God, I had that like full range of emotion mm-hmm. and like tense on the edge of my seat, even though it wasn't a horror movie. It was just like nail biter. Yeah. In some ways. Totally. Mm-hmm. Suspense yeah. and thriller. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, I thought like they were all the, all the members of the family that were kind of like pulling the fast one on on the wealthy family. They were like each individually awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah they were so good. So yeah, yeah. Since that movie hit big at the Oscars, it's been kind of crazy seeing like the reaction to it. Online. Yeah, because like now literally everyone is talking about it. Right. In a way that's, I mean, kind of felt like everybody was talking about it before it won all the Oscars, yeah. and now it's like even more so it, critical mass. It's weird seeing the people being like, who even saw Parasite? And I was just like, yo, everyone, everyone, everyone saw it. Like, what are yeah. you fucking talking and about? Then like, within a week. People like, are trying to now. Yeah. yeah. In my experience at work, like I, pretty much everybody I talked to is like, oh, I'm going to go, see, I'm going to watch Parasite tonight. And yeah. then like within a week, I feel like a dozen more people had seen it. Whereas like mm-hmm. last year when like Green Book won, you didn't hear it. The, the word on the street <laughs> wasn't just like, holy fuck. Fuck, I need to catch Green Book today. I need to eat the a cannoli. The hype is real. I need it. <laughs> it made me want to watch it even less. Yeah. <laughs> it made me want to. I, I was almost just like, I think movies are done. Yeah. We're done with movies, right? I, has anyone here seen Green Book besides <laughs> me? Nope. I have not. <laughs> I know well, you're like kind of nice about I've heard, Green Book. Let me tell you. It's, you know, uh, you know, I've heard it's, it's a real, just fine. It's got, it's got a real good heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it was nice of it to cure racism. Mm. You know, such a heavy well, burden. Obviously, like such, obviously heavy it did. Burden. If uh, an international film won Best Picture the that next year, true. I think um, that is true. Someone laid down the brickwork for that. Not road. totally though, because then we had our president slam it afterwards. Well, yeah, I know. But a, well, you can't, can't fix he, that. Racism. He can't speak yeah. Korean and he can't read. So true. Yeah, he didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, him. But he loves Kim Jong Un. <laughs> mm. Yeah, him dunking on on Parasite or trying to dunk on Parasite was. Uh, a small, small little flicker compared to the deep, deep burn that neon clapped back with. Yeah, that that's good. true. Oh, yeah. Like, that made it all worth that's it. That's true. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. What about you guys? Any other any other options? Well, my favorite movie of the year was uh, Uncut Gems Ooh. by the Safdie brothers. Uh, you know, when I write my list, I always, like, when I write my, like, top ten list, I always start off by explaining what the difference between, like, what I think the best movie of the year is and what my favorite movie of the year is. Um, I think, like, was it last year? I keep hitting the wires, I'm sorry. Uh, I think, like, last year, um, I was like, yeah, Roma would be 
the best movie of the year, but I had a different choice, which we'll talk about soon. But, uh, <laughs> like, this year, I definitely think the best, like, unbiasedly the best movie of the year is Parasite. But my favorite movie of the year is Uncut Gems. Uh, that movie speaks to me on a weird level. Uh, I love... awesome. It's so cool. I love the mood of it. I love, like, the assembly of it from the music, the acting. Like, I, all, the, all the pieces are so good, and, like, they're kind of familiar in a lot of ways but the way they're assembled it makes it like so wholly unique where i've never quite seen a movie like it despite it kind of feeling like a lot of movies that i have seen it's wildly manic yeah it's intense it's it's difficult to watch it is a lot easier to watch on the second time because you know what's going on the first yeah. time you definitely Your guys like, hot take was really fun to listen to we, were, you like, were like really wound up we afterwards. were jazzed that energy <laughs> carried right through like yeah. as soon as we walked out of the theater we were like oh my god i just wanted to fist pump for <laughs> yeah but <laughs> uh, i need a six-way parlay on the knicks tonight <laughs> i was like adam sandler yeah I think the movie's also, uh, it's very memeable, which speaks to its, sure. uh, how good it is. Yes. <laughs> this is how I win. This is how I win. I Are you okay, Howie? Oh my God, I'm uh, going to come. The Ferb, oh my God, I'm going to come. Uh, but yeah, and you know, I think when I was watching the movie the second time, I kind of had this like, because I, I wanted to make my number one movie of the year, and I had this like realization as I was watching it that I like, the opal, the rock, the uncut gem of the movie is is like, this, like, odd anchor, kind of almost, like, similar to, like, Parasite in a way, where mm. we have these, like, rocks as, like, kind of, like, an anchor of the film. But yeah. Big Year for Rocks, like, yeah. Big Year for Rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, like, wispy, kind of, like, canyonesque esque like, uh, when they go through, like, the different diamonds of the opals, like, that's inspired by uh, the photography of this guy named, I think it's Danny J. Sanchez. Mm. And his photography, where he, like, shoots, like, through opal crystals is incredible and like it made me feel like the whole movie kind of was just like a story in this like narrative geode of sorts like i don't know it made me i got real like trippy and weird thinking about the movie and i think that's like kind of spoke to why i I liked it so much because i had this kind of like next level of engagement with it other than it being like contributes to that that too yeah yeah and uh the music's fucking incredible and uh and yeah so that's my that's my like weird rant about uncut gems that somehow doesn't talk about like what the movie is actually about well, go see it. But, you know, <laughs> but you check you it out. It's really it, good. You should go see it. So yeah. you're not it's, spoiling. Yeah, it's also super cool when a movie can take events that already happened and that some people are very well aware of. Mm. I have a few friends who actually follow basketball. Yeah. And they knew the outcome of the events in that film. <gasps> and the fact that they were still on the edge of their seats and it still provided so much momentum and suspense for them yeah. for how this new aspect of those events was going to go was very cool. Right. Us movie nerds had no idea how that basketball was going to fly. Sports, sports, I didn't get any of that, but I was just like, it's crazy that The weekend is real. (laughs) Fantastic. He's a dick. (laughs) He's a dick in that movie. He is a dick in that movie. Also, shout out to The weekend had two new singles come out this year, and they slap. So there you go. Wow. Hmm. Did you... So this is something I didn't know about Uncut Gems as I was watching it. Which, like, it just didn't register for me. But, like, the way that the bets that he's making in that movie work. Do you, like, know anything about the way those bets work? Oh, God, Like, no. the odds and... So, basically, you know how he's making a bunch of different bets within the bets? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only way that his bet hits is if 
every single of one of those things happened, which is something I didn't realize mm-hmm. like in the movie. So that's what we Yeah, that's why the guy at the beginning is like, that's the dumbest that's fucking, the dumbest thing fucking I've idea yeah. I've ever heard. And he's like, I disagree. Mm-hmm. I disagree. So like knowing that in <laughs> retrospect, like that if I had known anything about sports betting, that might have made yeah. that situation that much mm-hmm. more intense for me. Oh, that's yeah. why when he's watching him, he's like, That's three out of eighteen that I need to get. Yeah. Like, he's like tallying off all he, the different things. I guess in my mind, like he, it, like he would get a different amount of money mm. if those mm-hmm. things happened. Right. I didn't realize that all of those all things needed. To I mean, happen. and it, it visually, you don't even have to track like what the betting is. You you can visually kind of get if you know nothing about betting or basketball. You can get you're like just from how Adam Sandler is reacting to yeah. things. Like no, yeah, you're like oh he's up, he's up, he's down, he's right, down, he's up, right. he's down. Yeah. The movie the does a good job thing. communicating like these are the stakes. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know exactly how it's going, but. The way he's reacting, you can kind of gauge what's going on. Uh-huh. That's how it worked for me. At least I was like, I know this is important. I thought it was really interesting, too, like, the whole um, aspect of, like, loaning stuff out. Like, yeah, well, yeah like, the ring doesn't like belong to me, real. but I'm going like, to loan it to someone else yeah, for, yeah. like, four days. And then I was like, what? What are you the, doing? Uh, the, the, the idea of, like, having money or having things is such, like, it's, yeah. like, not a real concept. Yeah. It's almost like, how do you even pay for his house? Because I feel like he, like... Probably just got it by lying. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I got, the, I got all the money I need. The, the movie you know, really yeah. kind of treats, yeah, like materialistic things and things like money, like they're not real. The things that are real are relationships, whether they're by blood or anything like that. That's why one of yeah. the biggest reveals in the movie is something that has to do with a relationship, right. and you're like, oh, that oh, changes <laughs> everything that I've been considering, and it's the movie bounces around very good at like he's constantly trying to get these materialistic things or using things like you're saying to get more money but then he never gets the money but then he gets money but he uses Mm -hmm. the money as a thing in order to get more money yeah but he's just screwing all of his relationships up around him yeah yeah I also just love a good movie that like kind of like really zeroes in on like a single character like something like um like Black Swan or The Wrestler, um, yes. you know those movies are like this. Reminds me almost like those movies where you're yeah. focus, you're zeroing in on like this one person and what they're doing, and just seeing like kind of all the ins and outs of that person's life. And like movies like that are, are a ton of fun and like super interesting. And and yeah, I think I think the reason it hit so big with me is just because it's it's so it's almost hard to explain because like when you tell someone like the base plot of it, it's like yeah, it's this, but it's so different than what you could explain to someone mm-hmm. it's such a big hashtag mood you gotta like just go see it yeah mm. definitely i mean the safties proved that with good time as well absolutely you know it's yeah a movie that is a lot of manic energy centered around one anchor character that is just experiencing a bunch like a string of mm-hmm. kind of increasingly more intense bad decisions <laughs> yes uh good time is so <laughs> good, good time is fucking very rules good. yeah so good. um it was actually when I was going through the decade, I was like seeing some other Safty stuff. And I was like, "Oh shit, I should probably, should probably watch that." Probably, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, but like Sandler, yeah, you really got to hand it to Sandler. Like he somehow that we didn't even like talk about so, him being in the movie so yeah. well. Yeah. Like I don't like he just becomes that character, Some, especially someone like Adam Sandler, yeah, who has so many iconic roles, and I think most people have like such a clear picture in their mind of what and who Adam Sandler is. For him to just totally own that character of Howie and like become yeah. someone completely different than he normally is is like really something mm-hmm. I think. I mean that's like I think that's real acting for an actor of that caliber, like or of that like note, you know, like mm-hmm. even like you know for someone like Jim Carrey to like 
turn into uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Like for him to like Doctor Robotnik. For him to really become to really (laughs) fully become the Eggman. Um, you know, like like weird, over the top actors like that that have done a certain type of movie forever for them to like actually show us that they can like dissolve into something and like become a character that's not just like based off what they're what's in their like normal skill set. I think that's like the mark of like a really, really, really talented actor. Yeah, and they snubbed him at the Oscars, so we'll never get that per- kind of performance out of him again. Well, he got the spirit snubbed him award. Snubbed a lot or of awards, yeah. not just the Oscars. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, he's a really good actor in it, and the performance is really strong, but one of the things that the movie benefits from having Adam Sandler in there is that Adam Sandler's a superstar, and he's got that thing where it's like, you can watch him, it's like, I talk about it like with Tom Cruise, where it's like, you don't have to know Tom Cruise's character's name in a movie. It's Tom Cruise. It's Tom Cruise. You're watching Mission Impossible, it doesn't matter that that's Ethan Hunt and he's got a backstory, it's Tom Cruise, watch him do some shit. Right. And Adam Sandler has that superstar energy where... At all times when you're watching him, you're aware that it's Adam Sandler, and that's what makes his job even harder to become Howie, so the fact that he's pulling it off is even that much more impressive, because you're constantly aware that that is Adam Sandler, superstar comedian, doing all of this stuff, and he's got the fake teeth and the weird glasses, and he looks kind of dirty and greasy, and you're just like, cool. This is cool. (laughs) I will say on that, in that note, like... I remember that character's name, Howie Ratner. Like, mm-hmm. and it's pretty rare for me to actually walk out of a movie and remember a character's name. So, respect, respect, yeah. mad it's respect, respect. Yeah. A twenty four also has some really good because they're sponsoring this episode. Uh, they have some really good uncut gems merch. You can buy like yeah, this gray like basketball that just says. T-shirt. Yeah, well, I well, they the had basketball. a pop up store in the city. I had read. Can you get a oh. furb there? I want to get the golden furb. Can you get one the furb? day? One day when I'm. The richest man. You can loan it for fur. four days. Well, yeah. I guess that's you can't own the fur. Right? You, have yeah. to you give can them never a truly own the fur. <laughs> you have to pawn. You have to pawn your house. Yeah. Um, I'll bet the fur on the Knicks game. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Me, Mike. My favorite movie of the year was another A24 joint. I think the only number one A24 joint of all the lists and stuff. Oh. Is Jack right? Yes. It's the non A24. Uh, <laughs> Ironic. Uh, <laughs> there was only like three A24 movies on my top ten list. But yours Maybe is four. A24 movie, isn't it? Or my is top, it not? My no, no, it's number no. one, isn't it? Yeah. No. Oh, I thought it was. No. We'll get there. No. My bad. I'm skipping. Uh, mine is uh, Midsum- Midsummer. Uh, I love you that movie. You were going to say Midsummer. I always almost am about to say Midsummer. Why because... not? Say it. No, because the name of the movie is Midsummer, yeah. and I just keep always wanting to say it because I picture it in my head, and my brain's broken, so I just want to say Midsummer. <laughs> just say Your it wrong. It's fun. Mid- is broken. All right, so my favorite movie of 2019 was Pancake. Uh, oh. I said it wrong. You did. Um, very wrong. <laughs> very wrong. What real for? Uh, Midsummer, Ari Aster's follow-up to Hereditary. I think it's an amazing movie. I think one of the when I finally picked it as my number one, I kept turning it around in my head as to why. And I rewatched it and it's just, the movie is just really, really well made. Should not work as well as it does in just these little microcosms of scenes within the movie and scenes within scenes, little moments like slightest of spoiler alert, the scene with the cupcake or like just the cake where like he tries to remember her birthday and fake that he's remembered her birthday is one of like the best looking things I've ever seen and there's almost nothing going on. Yeah. It's just the mood and the lighting and the tension is perfect in it and that's throughout the whole movie where it starts dark and ends extremely kind of bright. 
I think it's a perfect companion piece to Hereditary. Mm. Those are two movies that I am really looking forward to this year for the horror show of doing a back-to-back midnight screening oh, of. Well, I think that's going to be so yeah. much fun. I've already everyone. talked to A24 about Nightmare. it. They are down with it. Nice. Um, <laughs> I'm not down. Nightmare you have, fuel! You can't have mm. nightmares if you don't go to sleep. True. Mm. It's that easy. I'll just die being awake. Waking uh-huh. dreams. Yeah, we can we can all eat cake while we watch Hereditary. I'm into that. Mm-hmm. And we can all eat like little pot pies while we watch Midsummer. Yeah, mm-hmm. Diana, you can just be mushrooms. in a bubble while we watch Hereditary. <laughs> we'll just put you in a bubble just to keep you safe. Uh, no, I love Midsummer. I was really happy that it was on a lot of people's lists. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. though like I had the benefit of having like an extra nine on mine because I'm a little monster. Yes. But I really was hoping that Midsummer was going to make it onto a couple other people's because I could tell that my love for it was a very personal. Like I was like, yeah, and we all watched it together, and we all really liked it and yeah. talked about it. But it definitely was a year just filled with a lot of personal movies. I think for all of us, that kind of hit us in different ways. Where yeah. it's like, you know, mine, my whole weird thing with 2019 was The Lighthouse, trying to get that on my list because I wanted to pay respect to certain things and other things, and I was like, everybody is going to talk about The Lighthouse and I can talk about it then, but then the more I thought about it and considered it, I was like, I have to get The Lighthouse on there. That's a special movie. And so it's like Midsummer was the movie that it, like, it started out at six and then it just kept kind of going up and going up. And when it finally got down to my top four, which was uh, The Farewell, Parasite, Midsummer, and um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I was like, I need to figure out which any one of those could have been my favorite movie of the year, just depending on my particular mood. And so I rewatched just about all of them. And when I was rewatching Midsummer, I found myself like every five minutes, no exaggeration, just like this fucking movie Hmm. is so good. And it's so simple. It's the performances. Knowing where it's going makes it even better. Love it. I love that movie. Yeah. I mean, much like Hereditary, like that movie's so like rich in its like production design too and it has so many like layers of expertise kind of operating all at once i'm not surprised that you made it after i was surprised when you initially told me that was your number one movie of the year but the more i thought about it i was just like no this makes sense Mm. (laughs) there's the director's cut too that i really want to see so bad because ariaster was like it's 40 extra minutes that wasn't cut out of the movie because i didn't like it i actually think it needs to be in there but you can't make a movie that long and release it so we got rid of it and there's like there's like a night scene by the river that i've seen clips from like there's scenes at night in the movie for the very brief moment that it becomes night when Mm. like they're all asleep and they cut away i'm like i want that that sounds cool is that Mm. on any like physical Apple release? TV. Fuck oh, hell. Yeah, I'm good. The on that. director's cut only? Yep. So okay. I'm about to like get my free trial on Apple TV. Watch Don't it. Do it. Watch it. I'm waiting later. until that yeah. Jason Momoa show is full on there too because I want to check that out. The, oh, Game of Thrones what, but blind? Yeah, but everyone's blind. blind. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the pitch for that show. I just told you. <laughs> everyone's blind. I got it. Cool. Sick. Great. <laughs> that sounds cool. Love it. Sure. Burn, didn't you see the director's cut? Or you just no. saw it like five times in theaters? No, I saw it twice in theaters. <laughs> oh, okay. Here. Yeah, no, I saw it once and then... You had your own director's cut. Yeah, and then I saw it the second time like a week later because I loved it so much and wanted to see more because I was kind of like diving into deep dives that I found on the internet of like all these different things that I might have missed yeah. visually. Mm. And then watching it again, you could definitely pick up on other things, which is great. I love when a movie does that for you. Yeah. yeah. And then like the week after I heard there was a director's cut and I was like, oh, gosh darn it. <laughs> there are other movies I got to see. Yeah. <laughs> but I would definitely like to see it as well. I, I hear you 
see some of the other scenes of like death and rituals and I'm really into the ritual aspect mm-hmm. yeah. of this entire film so mm. that would be cool yeah Ari sure. Aster really is proving with these last two movies that he is able to create kind of like he 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 borrows from real life things or like historical things yeah. but he's able to really richly create um, like a mythos kind yeah, of around his for movies, sure. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's like inventing folklore for yeah. these things, or like reappropriating some other for- folklore for his own purposes. And he like just peppers that stuff in there. There's there's not a ton of like like exposition dumpy yeah. sort of stuff in there, especially yeah. like it's, hereditary. It's like, like it's like tiny enough that it has to be real. Just right? drops, you know. It it's in like there. that. Yeah. Where it's just like it's not in your face that they're making it up. It's right. like. Yeah. It's just a little thing where you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds like it would be It makes real. it very tangible. Yes. It feels very genuine, and I think it's because it's like less is more, or when they decide to do more, they don't do it via, like, dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They do it via kind of, like, uh, all, every movie that treats the audience like a smart person is a good movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. Or, um, well, Midsummer, I think, treats you like an intelligent person. Because mm-hmm. yeah. they're like, no, you can you can find the stuff. You, you can, can figure it out. Same. Yeah, you can yeah. figure it out. That's like one of my yeah. favorite things re- recently is like if I'm in a bad mood, I'll go on to Amazon and just read the negative reviews on oh. Amazon Prime <laughs> for Midsummer because oh, it's yeah. on Prime. So it's like, oh, it's people who are just like they don't they, they don't even have to spend anything on it. They just watch it and you just see it. You just like one star, one star, one star, and just like made it ten minutes. This movie's boring. Nothing happens. Everyone's an idiot. I would get out of there. What is this? And someone's like, if you have to like, what did somebody say? Somebody said about, um, it was uh, about the lighthouse and Midsummer. They were like, if you, they were like, uh, if I have to watch a video to understand what your movie's about, that's a bad movie. Oh. They said that in the lobby of the theater, and I was like, oh, like yo, mm. dude, they said that you about just the fucked yourself yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty big cell phone there, yeah. It's yeah. nuts. Ouch. It's like, how do you think that person figured it out to make the video? <laughs> you, you fucking <laughs> moron, yeah. Hey, not everybody is able to or interested in uh, dedicating the same amount of time or effort or brain power to processing movies. True. It's just fine. Some people look there at movies as movies instead many of arts, movies and that's fine. that serve those people perfectly well. True. But for, I think, most of our purposes, it's cool when movies are not spoon-feeding you that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing that also... I think Midsummer does better than Hereditary. I think there are things that Hereditary does slightly better than Midsummer, but mm. I think the thing that Midsummer does better than Hereditary is it's got it's got like a core sort of metaphor going on there that Hereditary did as well, but I think that metaphor is so cohesively like interwoven with mm-hmm. all the horror that's happening in yes. Midsummer and like it lands on like a really perfect note that like really puts a, a just a perfect little period yeah. on the end of that metaphor and mm-hmm. it is all like self-cohesive where I think hereditary kind of like rushes well not rushes but like at the end kind of goes more full horror mode mm-hmm. and maybe loses a little bit of yeah. that like actual like core thesis mm-hmm. but midsummer just completely like it it lands and it, yeah. and it totally it's like hereditary is a movie that's got horrific elements all throughout and then becomes a straight up horror movie at the end yes. whereas midsummer is a horror movie from start to finish just not in the way that you are typically used to experiencing horror. Non-traditional horror. Yeah, it's yeah. very sure. just neat. It eerie. uses, like, brevity in a smart way, too. Yeah. Like, Hereditary is, like, kind of, like, a bad time the whole time. 
But Midsummer, like, I remember having moments of, like, laughing and, and yeah, like... Yeah, Midsummer yeah. is not it, necessarily It knew how to, like, pull the scary. throttle down. It's just disturbing. Yeah, I was scared. But I think it's because I was so afraid of Hereditary. That yeah. when I was watching yeah. Midsummer. I, I, I was, was just say, like... Hey. It's the shadow of Hereditary. Hereditary yes. definitely scared me a lot more. Oh, hell yeah. yeah I can watch but... Midsummer again. Hereditary, I don't fucking know. There's, I'd rather there's, not. There's definitely more acute terror in Hereditary yeah. than there is in Midsummer. Midsummer is much more just dread. Yeah. Which... I think is something also that you brought up the lighthouse. I don't know if are you about to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I would are, like to talk right, about perfect. Midsummer really quickly. No, 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 I just I didn't want to step on that if you were about oh, to bring that up. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I think Midsummer. You said it has like a period at the end. It's because Hereditary. You're seeing a chapter in the life of this genealogy, right. this sure. family tree. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's the main difference. Is that Midsummer is more Danny's story. And Hereditary is this family story. Sure. So, yeah. I was going to say, because, like, you are kind of, like, in a chapter of, like, this cult, but they're not the focus, necessarily. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that's a good point. Yeah. Are you good? Midsummer? Oh, yeah. That was yeah. good Midsummer talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, my favorite movie of the year was The Lighthouse. And uh, I liken it to this experience I had a couple years ago. I went to this free concert in Brooklyn where Andrew Bird performed. Awesome. Nice. And I was like a little drunk, but like fairly stoned. And he, <laughs> and nice. He does not what I thought you were going to say. No, he does this show where he brings out like two old school record player like gramophone horns, and he'll just he has them on like a rotating dial in the middle of his stage. And it just kind of like blares sound at you, but only like intermittently yeah. as it like turns around. Hmm. So on every rotation you're getting sound, but for a while you're not getting any sound. And there was a portion of that concert where I was standing there and I was like, how long have I been here? I've been here <laughs> for 10 years. Yeah. Everyone yeah. is yeah. dead. I don't know yeah. anyone anymore. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're dancing around with Willem Dafoe. That's exactly right. So I love. well done. Thank you. That was very good. I practice it at home. I love those kind of experiences where you are transported out of your body, out of your mind, out of time. You have no real tangible connection to the world anymore, and that's what The Lighthouse really did for me. I love character studies where it's two people, and they're having conversations, and the conversations merge and dissolve and reform, and it's weird, and it's trippy, and I like that you can walk away from it and not have any definite answers right. of necessarily what went down. It's open for so many different interpretations, and yeah, it was just mesmerizing. It was Absolutely. wonderful. The point I was about to make that I yeah. backed off on, because <laughs> uh, I figured you were going to go into it there, was like it's it's easy to draw the comparisons between – Ari Aster and Robert Eggers, both mm-hmm. being directors who released their movies through A24, both like first time directors with their first movie, came out of the gate and made some like phenomenal stuff. We'll talk about The Witch probably later on. Um, but I, I re- appreciate, and in the same, like thinking about those Amazon reviews for Midsummer, like kind of the same phenomenon happened with The Witch, I feel like, where people heard good things about The Witch and then went to see it thinking it would be like more of a a traditional horror movie and really what that movie is doing is again some phenomenal production design some really really great writing and then just atmosphere Mm -hmm. for days 
And I I really like that with The Lighthouse, it kind of dropped most of the like pretense of being a horror movie, and it's just straight up a dread movie. Like there is, it's just fully like that kind of hypnotic atmosphere and tone and mood, which is like mm-hmm. Robert Eggers is just so good at achieving. Yeah, mm-hmm. People don't like being like shown that they have bad taste in movies <laughs> and unfortunately yeah. that's the way it is there's some people yeah. who have bad t- that's why the term bad taste in movies exists because some people have that and they coined go by I'm one, gonna go s- coined by me I, I yes. that. and it's like you go see a horror movie because a lot of people are talking about it and they're saying it's really good and then you go see it and you don't like it because you because you're like I don't like you don't want to say I don't get it you want to say it's confusing. Nothing's stupid. happened. You say it's stupid. It's yeah. not. Nothing's happening. Boring. It's slow. It's boring. Yeah. But you're not saying the thing that's going on there is like, no. Everybody it. else <laughs> liked it. That means you don't get it. I I don't want. As not to turn who, that into like because the lighthouse is an amazing yeah, movie sure. of poetry and it is great. I, but it's just one of those like complex things where it's like we showed the lighthouse here at the theater and like. I was like, I hope this is successful and people like it. But Lighthouse was kind of like this thing that just happened with like Parasite and Midsummer as well, where it was like all of a sudden it just exploded and everyone was talking about this movie. It was on social media ads and stuff like that. And you're like, this is great. So everyone's going to go see this now. But you really start and, and in working in a theater, you get to see dozens of different types of people every day. Walking through the lobby, leaving after singing, you get to overhear things, and right. you're just like, "Some people are fucking weird." A lot of yeah. people didn't like it. You know? Yeah, have people walk out during the, the lighthouse. Like, I think right. especially, I think all these movies fit into this kind of category, and I've talked about this before, but it's like being hypnotized. You cannot be hypnotized if you don't want to be hypnotized. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it just doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. It's like, oh, so it's not to... scary. I'm a tough guy. Exactly. Like, going through a haunted house, like, and you're yeah. just like, oh, yeah, good job, Brad, <laughs> trying to scare me. I'm not scared. Very like, tough, Dude, Brad. We all know this about you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, and that's the thing. Yeah. Like, you have to kind of go in. It's, it's the way that you approach these movies. Like, if you go into it trying to not be scared, which is a, lo- a lot of, like, you know, more traditional horror movies, that's what a lot of audience members do. They're like, oh, this isn't scary. I'm not scared of yeah. uh, The Conjuring. It's fine. And, like, that's... It's okay, fine. sure. But, like... It is fine. It's a fine it's movie. Fine. It's a fine want. movie. It's just... But, it's like, good. The Lighthouse, especially, is not necessarily trying to scare you, but you do have to go into it with the open mind, especially because of how nonlinear and atmospheric yeah. and moody and hypnotic that it really mm-hmm. is. Like, if you are open to that and let yeah. it wash over you... You will have a good time. It's kind of like the the thing that Hunter S. Thompson said, which likens directly to Burns' like kind of like anecdote about like being at this show and experiencing it and like it becoming like a trip. Is like Hunter S. Thompson has that line: "If you buy the ticket, take the ride." And it's right. like you don't just take the drugs; you have to like want to go you on the ride. You, you have to, to commit them. and yeah. go with it. Otherwise, you're gonna have yourself a bad trip or anything, and you're just not gonna enjoy yourself. Right. And it's that, that's kind of like what the lighthouse is. It's like, you saw the trailers, you saw what's going on. It's a square aspect ratio. It's yeah. black and white. Right. Willem Dafoe looks like a fucking god. Yes. Like, you're ready to go <laughs> in. Like you have to do it. He looks like a literal god. Yeah, yeah. yeah but like he, he looks like yeah. he's like ancient and he's like been awoken. He always does, yeah. though. Yeah. Like in another really famous movie um, where he is a goblin mm. man. No. no. Oh, yeah. And he flies on a magical <laughs> in, in glider. Spider-Man, in Spider-Man 2, when he comes up with the Avengers. <laughs> Hold on. 
He comes up, he goes like, avenge me! Avenge me! Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man's like, this is a great idea. This is a great idea for a team. <laughs> but I do this. I do appreciate that A24, again, did not really try to... The marketing was just, here's what this is. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. so much like, here's a really scary horror movie. You're not going <laughs> to no. believe they, how scary yeah. it is. They learned their lesson from the yeah. witch. Yeah, they learned so. how to advertise things and be like, yeah. okay, hold on a second. Well, that trailer, I think, does really capture kind of what we're talking about. Because it's Definitely. just like him being yeah. like, why'd you spill your beans? And it's, it's <laughs> very hypnotic. It's very trance-like. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see a lot. Like, I think that's a pretty what, good what, way what, of... What, 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 exactly, yeah. That, yeah. 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 They use, like, you know, the things that the movie does, but just in long form, like... Repetition, weirdness, atmosphere. The and they do that very well in that yeah. trailer, actually. Yeah. So when I saw Parasite here in this theater, oh gosh. and it was so quiet at the end of Parasite, and then the sound in the lighthouse in the beginning of the movie was like, oh, yeah. and, I was like and I was like, Mikey, gotta turn the sound down just a tiny no, bit. We had to, no, we had to. He delayed it. He just like delayed it like a minute. I added an extra trailer into oh, Lighthouse yeah. so that yeah. Lighthouse didn't start just as Parasite was ending. Yeah, because everyone in the theater I'd hear it in the silent. hallway too. Like, I, mean, I remember being in the great. theater being like, yeah. and like, I'm into it. Like, it's not a complaint. Oh, right. But being, yeah. like, being like, my head hurts. Like, this is so loud. But that is You're a being technique. called to see. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. That's, well, that's a purposeful like, technique. Gems, I turned the fuck up in here. And people were like, it's a little loud. And I was like, good. Yeah. yeah. It's I, <laughs> but we had that one lady come. She's like, I can't understand what Adam Sandler's saying. I think there's something wrong with the movie. I'm like, you think there's something wrong with the movie and only with Adam Sandler's dialogue in the movie? How do you, how do you think this works? Sorry, now I'm just bitching. It could, it could have been she, like she a Bane, a Bane situation, perhaps. No. Maybe. Um, but no, I mean, that that is the ride, right? Yeah. yeah. That is that is a technique specifically that they are using to kind of break down your senses and get you ready. vulnerable and ready Open to go on up. that trip. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's one of those cool things. It's like that you don't have to be on drugs necessarily to kind of like get into this hypnotic trance it certainly helps if you have those drugs but I was completely sober watching this so movie. was I yeah. so was I yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and it still was like it's still by the an end experience. you're like whoa yeah what you're yeah. not sure what is supposed to be real <laughs> yeah yeah. also just shout out to uh, William Dafoe and Robert Pattinson Woo! like just so good. Du- dueling so good so well in that movie like yeah. who who would have thought like that duo could do what they do, like, as backboards to each other so well. It's fucking incredible. Serving straight up face. Yeah. yeah. They are two peas in a pod. Like, young Willem Dafoe more. is very more. much like where Robert Pattinson's at. Like, the loveless era Willem Dafoe is very mm. much like what Robert Pattinson's doing with Claire Denis and all that different stuff in here, yeah. Mm. Good segue. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Because I actually did, just in the past, like, ten seconds... Remember. Remember that it was not, in fact, The Irishman that was your favorite nope. movie of no. the year. That it was actually... An A24 movie. Yes. Yeah. I was a little confused when you were like, well, yeah, that's why I was, I was, I was like, like, it's I definitely an A24 movie. But it's still A24 right movie. that there is one movie in this group that's not A24, and that is Parasite is Neon. Yes. Right. True. Right. We that always true. keep forgetting that. Right. Um, yeah, well, so me. my favorite movie of the year was High Life. Another mm-hmm. another Robert Pattinson joint. He had a good Ooh. year for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as I pointed out in my top ten, both those movies involve him ejaculating. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, what what Robert Pattinson movie doesn't? That's true. <laughs> I can't wait I mean, for the ejaculation scene of the Batman. That's gonna be really it better, good. If there's not, I'm gonna be focal. There's a big one in the Twilight movies. It's kind of like the whole core of the. Yeah. yeah I guess yeah. so. It glitters, a, right? A big one. So I'm told. Um, Yuck. <laughs> yeah. So you did you ever, did all you guys see? I know you saw it, Diane. Oh, yeah. 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 I I thought you were going to be like, all you guys saw the Twilight movies? I was like, (laughs) yeah. I saw the first two, but I just bought them all on Blu-ray, so. 
Monster. Oh. Papa's getting ready. Monster. I got some vacation time. The first one is so fun. The first one's not you bad. You spend it however you want. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen any. It's its own genre. The first one, the first one is actually the first one's uh, not quite bad. bad. Yeah. Oh, I think it's not bad. Yeah. Well, no, they're no, no, all, no. like, not but that bad, but it's quite bad. But, fun. Yeah, okay. The yeah. movies, right. like... Fair. Fair enough. Jack, you, well, you like High Life. High Life's not on any of our lists. No, I'm, like, yeah. the only you, one You like it so fucking much. Yeah, I really do. Why? I... Kind of for that same reason that Bernadette was getting at, like, I just had, like, an experience watching that movie. Yeah. I was so bought in for that ride, and I just felt, I don't know, it was a, a movie that I, like, when it ended, I just couldn't shake it. Like, I just, and I think that for me, when it comes down to my favorite movies of the year, like, that is, it's it's a kind of intangible feeling that I get when I just know this is the one. This is like my number one with a bullet movie. And yeah. High Life just did that for me. Um, and I think part of that is, part of that is the kind of like very, I don't want to say gritty because gritty is not the right word. No, but I there's know like what you a, mean. But there's like a mundane yeah. aspect to the, the sci-fi that Claire Denis creates with that movie. It's very um, like prison. Yeah, it's the kind of, institutional it's the it's weird kind of thing that yeah i mean uh, uh, loose spoiler is these are prisoners in space right. uh, on a space it's like vessel. an alt, alt version of yeah serving your sentence um and that kind of setting that production design feels tangible in a way that like yeah nothing about this spaceship would be fancy or right. like futuristic at all they would do the most you know, bureaucratic, just function over form, like you know, function over over any kind of like yeah. like it's like not a cruise design. Ship. No, it's yeah. freight because they're pre- yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's almost like yeah. like alien, like you know, definitely that real yeah. quick. That's my favorite part of High Life, which almost made it onto my nineteen. Okay, I was very close to getting it on there. Cool, and it was one of like the last like four that like kind of yeah, got like number number up. forty for you. Oh though. baby, yeah. <laughs> um, but one of my favorite things about it, and it's one of my favorite things about um, the show Battlestar Galactica, is uh. one of the few space stories to do this where it, aerodynamics do not matter in space. Mm-hmm. So, but the idea like in Star Trek and in Battlestar Galactica is that we design ships around aerodynamics because we're used to that and it's kind of hearkening back to that. So, so whenever they get them out of the atmosphere, which does matter. Right, but, but like if you build them in space and stuff sure. like that, which is what they're doing and stuff, like I love the fact that it's just a box. Pretty much. That yeah. it's just a yeah. box, a, like a just a literal box floating through space that's holding all these people in there. When you finally see that, that it's just this box, you're like, that's cool yeah uh and there's a it's that kind of like aspect of very the the mundane aspect of the sci-fi element to it and that's very just grounded in a way that i also really really appreciated um there's a moment kind of where you like realize what's going on in that movie i don't know if that like hits there's a moment where something drops Mm -hmm. and you're like um what yeah. And then you find out, like, where the movie is really going mm-hmm. with it. Uh, and that was, like, I think that was the moment that I was, like, okay, I'm really all in on this. Mm-hmm. And then you have another great performance by Pattinson. He's um, very good in that movie. As well as, I don't actually remember some of the other supporting characters. Oh, Mia Goth's in Mia, yeah. She's, yeah. Really good. she's phenomenal. Yeah. No, Andre 3000's in that movie, right? Yes. Andre yeah, 3000 was well. in that movie. And Benjamin. an amazing, yeah. like, yeah. very Understated. quiet 
Yeah. 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 And Juliet Binoche. That's the big one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's just exploring a lot of aspects of, like, the human psyche being pushed to its limit and also some of the, like, prison industrial complex, like, uh, extrapolated out to, like, its kind of darkest, like, future implications, I guess. Uh, And, I don't know, all that stuff just, like, came together and hit me. And I also spent probably, like, two hours watching videos about black holes on YouTube and, like, going down (laughs) down the rabbit hole on Wikipedia And listening to that song with Robert Pattinson. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a really good song. (laughs) Black holes Um, are fucking cool. They're, like, another dimension in space. Yeah. It's weird. And we could harness the power of a black hole, we could do so many things. For for kind of, like, (laughs) a... That's going on your tombstone. I black holes are cool, man. Cool. <laughs> Robbie Ann is a noted lover of black holes. Black holes are fucking cool. <laughs> black hole appreciated, number one. Just, I Anderson. watched the video on black holes, too, once, and I was <laughs> impressed. Cool. And the movie, like, it's still, at its core, a very, like, art housey kind of movie, but it Definitely. also takes heed to the sort of, like, actual scientific nature of what it's dealing with mm-hmm. in a way that is really cool as well yeah um it never goes full like um love is the answer to space time like another space movie you throw shade at at interstellar no i'm gonna shit on interstellar a little bit because i think high life does what i wish interstellar did Mm -hmm. yeah i can see that for sure he's just crying over there he broke he's lost it yeah i didn't mean to i didn't mean to he's so he was so happy (laughs) Yeah. Black holes are cool. They are cool. Yeah, they're very cool. Highlights are very, cool. cool. very cool movie. Plus, it's very neat to see, like, a father-daughter relationship where the daughter was a baby. Right. I think that's very, very cool yeah, to and see. Because you don't get to see that very often. And seeing him walk her down that hallway. Oh, yeah. And that very, like, extended long shot of her walking with her feet, like, kind of slipping was very cute. Mm-hmm. And really heartening to see yeah i mean it's it's got that that aspect as well it's got like realistic sci-fi some really like beautiful set design like uh, some great performances some really emotional beats as well fucked up shit some really fucked up shit it's got it's kind of got it all there's like little (laughs) moments in movies black holes that which are cool i fucking love them (laughs) hurt uh there's like little moments in movies that aren't even all that important to like the overall narrative or arc or theme of it that are just like so well executed and so simple and and can just be so easily identified with that movie in high life the like the opening with um he's obviously got like the baby monitor transmitter yeah. in his helmet while he's working on the ship outside and he's like he's calming the baby down while yeah. hearing it and like doing all of this stuff like n- regardless of where that scene ends up going and its bigger point in the narrative of the story of moving it forward. That's a really cool idea. Yeah. And yeah. it's very simple and it's not necessarily like an extremely creative idea, but there's something that's very unique and whole about it that is like one of those little many things in a movie like High Life that I kind of latch on to. Yeah. Like even just like the little stripe in Robert Pattinson's hair to yeah. kind of just like Make show age. like yeah. a little bit and just like, oh, this is a different character than something else. Yeah. And I mean him like uh, checking in with the computer every day. Like I, yeah. I like those scenes a lot even though they're that kind of goes into like how they make the mundane interesting in the movie, right? Um, which I think is like a hard balance to strike. I think sometimes movies like try very hard to like do mundane as a mood, and it doesn't totally work. But I think High Life mm. does it in a really smart way that makes it like 
mundanity is impactful and it kind of makes you like lose track of time until like certain moments happen where you're like oh we're here now mm-hmm. but uh those reveals are earned and they're very cool in the movie and it's similar to midsummer in the way that those details are all just kind of there and you discover them as the movie goes along and yeah. that they they're never there's not like a big exposition dump to it you're kind of discovering what's going on yeah, that movie treats movie. you like you're a fucking genius yeah 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 you need a, you need a pen and paper to go into yeah. that one um but that also creates like a really like like tangible setting that is that is yeah. easy to kind of like fall into mm-hmm. yeah it's very grounded no it's in space it's yeah. grounded it's a cool movie <laughs> Cool. I mean, it's got black holes, so it's mm-hmm. cool. It's got black holes, so you know we we know we know that's all this guy over here needs. <laughs> They're um, cool. I didn't know how they worked till like a few months ago. All right, and we still don't really know how they work. Honestly. Well, now that we know a little bit more. <laughs> Recent watch the video. <laughs> I watched the video. Did anyone else have any 2019 movies they wanted to shout out real quick before we uh, take a break and then get back into our? Oh, decades. You kind of just hit guys. one, but I wanted to ask around the table really quick, quick mm. kids, what is a movie that either you saw after you wrote your list mm-hmm. or a movie that like just like, what's your regret? Do you have any regrets of like, oh, I would have put this on my list, but it did not make I it on there. I think I really do. I caught most of my, we were talking about the Portrait of a Lady on Fire is one of those phantom yeah. thread type movies yeah. where technically it's a 2019, but none of us are seeing it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just D did the it. same with Capernaum where like, you know, we didn't get access to Capernaum until 2019, so she saw that here and it was awesome. Yeah. 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 I mean, I saw 1917 in 2020 and, and I and I loved it and I really dug it, but it didn't make it onto my list because it, it it's that, you know, difference between like best and favorite yeah. distinction. You yeah. Yeah. Um, but I really do think, you know, I can't think of too much that I didn't see, uh, was that movie Burning Cane that you watched? I I really, I wanted to see that. There's some stuff I really wanted to see, but I'm very, this year I was like one of the most like happiest I've been with my list. I thought it was very well written. I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. For me it was a farewell. Yeah. I saw that one after I wrote my list. That's fair. Well, I caught, I caught most of the big ones that I really wanted to check off. Uh, Chekhov's gun. Uh, Chekhov's list of favorite movies. Chekhov's list of favorite movies that I had. Uh, the the only one that like I would definitely like to shout out that I was my number five. Transit. I highly recommend everybody watch that movie. It is amazing. You'll love it, guaranteed. It is if you like movies. That is a hell of a fucking movie. That sounds a lot like your description for uh, Thunder Road. Last it's very year. much it, it, Transit was my Road? Thunder Road this okay, year. Okay, cool. Where Thunder that's Road all you need to say to last yeah, that's, year that's made praise. it all the way to number one. Yes. This year I had four masterpieces to work with, and Transit is a masterpiece unto itself. But I couldn't put it above things like The Farewell, Parasite, and Midsummer, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood without yeah. really kind of. But I got into my top five. I guess. What, what was that other movie? Was it last year or 2018 also? Um, the kind of like fairy tale, the modern fairy tale. Border? Border. That's it. Border slaps. Uh, yeah. I tried to show Kirsten Border. She's like, I don't like this movie. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for her. I understand. That movie's fucking weird. It's weird that I liked it as much as I did. It is. And I saw it with you. Yeah. And you were like, I really liked it. And I was like, okay. And you're like, like, no, seriously, it's like really it's good. Weird. And I was like... What have I done? What did I do to you? <laughs> Still think it's really good. Has, have you, all you guys seen Border? No, no? I haven't. I haven't seen no, it. Not yet. No. Well, yeah, just yeah. me and you, Border. Just you and me. <laughs> I'm the only Border person who liked it. 
I love that movie. Yeah, I think 1917, I saw that after the cutoff, and I don't think it would have cracked it, but I very much enjoyed it. But I will say, the movie that I don't think people have been seeing, that they should see, is Her Smell. Mm. I think oh, yeah. check yeah. that out for that sure. That came Her in kind of like a, a love, though. Oh, yeah. It came in like a whirlwind. Because, mm-hmm. like, it, it was like, a, who saw it first out of the three of us? I, or did you watch I it with Mike, too? Mike and I watched it. Yeah, I think me and Dee watched it. Someone flicked the first domino. Bernadette and it, like, saw it, like, immediately. At, like, I think I had barely spoken to you about it. Like, yeah. you saw it, like, that night or something. Yeah, like that. you said, oh, it's available. Go watch it. And I, was on, like, yeah. I didn't know it was available. Yeah, it was like, on Hulu right or something yeah. like that, or HBO. You could rent like, it on go, Amazon, go, go. too. Yeah. I watched it before it was available on Hulu. So. Very nice. <laughs> nice. I think it's HBO Go or something. Yeah, I really liked her smell. I would say one that didn't make it onto my list, but made it onto some of your guys' lists. Was Honey Boy, yeah, which I wanted on my list, and then I was like Me too. jockeying things around. Honey Boy is yeah. delicious. Yeah. Shia, so good. good. Honey Boy was yeah. much like The Lighthouse, where it's like if I were to put that on my list, it wouldn't just be at nineteen. It would have been somewhere else on there in the mixtape that is my list. But I was just like, I want to be able to have this in there and that in there and this in there, and that pushed out like two or three movies that I thought were yeah. really special that I really wanted on there, but. A movie I talked a lot about off mic that I wish I could have had more love thrown to it, but it, it didn't really like fit into our list paradigms. Or I also didn't like it any more than the things I had on my list was a documentary on Hulu called Hail Satan. Oh, you were talking about, to me about the that. Satanic Temple. Hail Satan? Question mark. Hail Hail Satan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that doc is very good, and I just recommend everyone watch it. It's just a good time. It's like super breezy and easy to watch, and. It's very interesting, and maybe we'll teach you a thing or two about Satanism that you didn't know. Nice. Cool. Cool. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to start off with uh, 2018, and we're going to go all the way back to 2010 and talk about some of our favorite movies. And so we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. So, uh, I'm going to kick it off right here, and then we will just go around and talk about our favorite movies of 2018. I feel like we just did this a year ago. Uh, Approximately. Yeah. Uh, my favorite movie of 2018 was Thunder Road. Love that movie so much. And we actually recently had a birthday party here uh, where a friend of mine, Elise... Interesting that, pick. Picked that movie yeah. to like watch for her birthday, and oh, I don't awesome. think she knew anything about it. What? And I told her, I was like, well, that was my favorite movie of 2018, if that helps or dissuades you from anything. And, uh, How did that go over, though? Everybody watched it, and they were like, that was a weird movie to pick for a birthday party. Yeah. yeah. People Which left a little yeah. bummed. Yeah. yeah. They were like, okay, yeah. all right then. But it's also sweet, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's sad, but sweet. Yeah. yeah. It's that a, ending it's a is a supreme movie. bummer, though. Yeah. It's yeah. a good movie. <laughs> but for it's sure, hopeful. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's, more it's, it's not it's not fun, no. but Mm-mm. but there are fun moments in that movie. Yeah, right? yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my favorite movie of 2018 was Sorry to Bother You. Oh, that's a good also, one. Yeah, a bit of a, a bummer, also, but also weird one. very funny. Yeah, that's a good fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, I still remember how much um, uh, sex pot Jeremy Kalajewski loved that, <laughs> like where he just could not stop talking about how much that he's like, oh, that movie is just everyone's gonna love that movie so much. It's very good. It's good. It's it, a good movie. That's a movie where like we say this. I feel like I say this for every movie, but really going in blind and then figuring out what that movie's actually doing yeah. is Ooh, yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah. all right. 
Oh, wow. Here we are. It was a good army hammer year, too. Yeah. Ooh, good very army. Much yes. so. yes. army hammer getting under yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it my turn? Uh, my favorite movie of 2018 was Mandy. Yes. Ooh, good pick. Lest Which we forget. by far was also, like, just my favorite movie-going experience that oh year. Oh, my God, Because we went yes. and saw it the one night that it was showing mm-hmm. in Poughkeepsie. And holy shit. It was just another another movie where, like, I went into it not knowing at all what that movie was. And then a certain, like, biker gang shows up. And I'm like, Ooh. uh, okay. Wow. All right. This is where we're going with this. Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. And it was just... From there on, it's just it's just a ride. Oh yeah, that's a great movie. That's I feel, definitely I, an experience movie. We've had yes. <laughs> we've had so much fun with Mandy oh, yes. over the years. That's uh, I still have my my uh, macaroni and cheese box. <laughs> oh hell yeah, the Everything's cheddar goblin. Better cheddar goblin. with cheddar. That's Aww. another really great Willem Dafoe performance. That's also kind of a, a <laughs> sad but sweet ending movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It ends. It ends. Yeah. <laughs> it has a conclusion. Yeah, it yeah. gets there. Yeah, it's a trip. Uh, my 2018 best pick was The Rider, which is also oh. a bummer, but it was so good. That movie is so good, and that's like yeah. one of my biggest regrets of not putting it on my list last year. That was really good. Uh, and I keep on saying, and like I think Birch makes fun of me the most for it, but Probably. I'm very excited that Chloe uh, Zhao is she's directing the Eternals. Yes, and I'm like, I just think I just think that's such an interesting choice, yeah. and I think it's going to work. Very, cool. very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. there's not really too much evidence. No, to prove it's that, can't but... really. But uh, she definitely knows how to make a really good goddamn movie. Yeah. So. That's true. Yeah. So you got that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite movie 2018 was also Mandy. Mandy. That movie is pure rock and roll on acid, and I am into both those things. So <laughs> I was into that movie. Also, Nick Cage. Period. Yes. Yep. Can't wait for Color Out of Space. Yeah, I think it comes out tomorrow, actually. Oh, yeah? Maybe there's a hot take that can happen. Yeah. I've been trying to get, like, uh, distribution rights to that, like, crazy. It's it's, hard, It's very hard. It's a very hard movie to lock down. uh, Because it's RLJ Entertainment, uh, seeing people that did Mandy. Spectrovision as well. Yeah, and they're very, like, they're very, they're very small. Right. So they're very just kind of, like... You know, we can only do it in so many different places, and we really want to get it on streaming as quickly as possible yeah. because that's that's where we it, make our money. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but, like, if I could get it before you do that, even just for, like, a couple days, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole idea is, People like, will come out for it. Yeah, that was yeah. the whole thing is, like, I think it drops on streaming and stuff tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, yeah. And my whole thing was to try and get it this past Friday so we could at least uh, have a weekend with it. That would be awesome. But just couldn't lock it down in time. Yeah. The only screening, and I looked for a long time, the only screening that I saw that was within any sort yeah. of drivable distance yeah. is they did one showing at Alamo Yonkers. Oh, okay. And it was on, like, a Tuesday. Yeah. At mm-hmm. That's o'clock. how you get away with weird shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I want to shout out, since we doubled up on our movie, a movie that didn't make it onto my list, but I regret not going onto my list, was mm-hmm. Call Me By Your Name. Ooh, that yes. might be we'll talk about good Army Hammer mm-hmm. yeah. year. That was 2017. Yeah. Oh, shit, was yeah. it? Yeah. Hold mm-hmm. your horses. Oh, then <laughs> We're going to talk about then it. Then that was We're the list that I we'll fucked up on. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, all right, so, Robbie, what, what, you want to just rattlesnake yeah, back? Yeah, yeah. Rattlesnake, we can do that. Rattlesnake back. Uh, <laughs> my favorite movie of 2017 was Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Ooh, controversial choice. Uh, that was another year where, very controversial, that was another year where, I think that's when Blade Runner 2049 came yes, out? Yes, it yeah. was. So Blade Runner 2049 is the best movie of that year, but my favorite movie of that year is Star Wars The Last Jedi. And now, several years removed, 
It is my favorite Star Wars movie. I fight to the death for that movie any day of the week, anytime, anywhere. At me. I don't like you. <laughs> At me. <laughs> At me. I don't give a fuck. Um, well, your fight is definitely not in this room. Yeah. No, yeah. Luckily, I'm surrounded by smart people. Um, but yeah, I love The Last Jedi. I love what Ryan Johnson did with The Last Jedi. It is... Now that uh, Rise of Skywalker came out, I can definitively say that Last Jedi is my favorite of the new trilogy. <laughs> and maybe my favorite Star Wars, period. I love everything about it. I've seen it four or five times, and I keep waiting for it to be bad, and it just it keeps getting better. So. Yeah. Or even, like, have identifiable flaws. Yeah, it's just, right. and every time I watch it, I'm just like, oh, the thing I didn't like before, I actually think is great. So <laughs> I think it's, it's definitely, like, the tightest. Well, maybe not the tightest, because A New Hope is, like, extremely fucking tight. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, like, that, it just works so well as a movie. Like, everything is so cohesive. It's, it's the most, like, narratively ambiguous out of all the Star Wars movies, and mm-hmm. I think that's what, like, works so well for it. Because it's, like, one of the Star Wars movies, there's a few Star Wars movies that do hit this, but Last Jedi is one of the ones that really feel, like, mythic. Yeah. And really feel like they're, like, you know, they're creating their own, like, folklore, meta-narrative, and and there's so much that isn't said, and, and I, I really wish those lessons carried on to future Star Wars movies, because... You know, I think people just, I don't know what they want out of Star Wars. It's not what I want. But luckily, not to talk shit about anything, I got my favorite Star Wars movie. And that's just that about that. Fair enough, yeah. It was the first one to really not get bogged down by what had come before. Yeah. It just did its own thing. Especially one of the themes of the movie, which is what makes it really interesting yeah, as a Star Wars fan. And I'm a big Star Wars fan, and, and a lot of people think this is not good Star Wars. I'm like, this is the best Star Wars ever has been. Too much so, perhaps. I, I think maybe in a way, like, people have a very specific... We've talked this to death. Yeah, I don't want to... But people have yeah. a very specific have we idea. About the last <laughs> yeah, once or twice, yeah. I, it's just a good movie, and maybe yeah. it's not what people expect to see out of Star Wars, and that's what they have that yeah. gut reaction. But it's just, at its core, like, I think it's really hard to argue against it being just a really strong movie. I think it will mm-hmm. age... Well, I think, I you agree. know, mm-hmm. and talk to us in a few years, I think more and more people are going to dig it, you know? The only thing that I, I've grown into and matured with the conversation around The Last Jedi is if someone doesn't like it, but they because they can say, like, I don't like how cynical it is, it's a well-made movie, I just don't want my Star Wars to be that cynical, that sure. is an opinion that fair I enough. can appreciate. Sure. That's, that is Where fair. they go, look, it's obviously well-made, just look at the thing, but that's not what I'm looking for in Star Wars. I'd rather have, you know, what Force Awakens got. And I'm like, I can respect that. But when people are like, it's a bad movie, it destroyed it, ruined it. It's like, you're looking at the wrong things. And the big thing about The Last Jedi that everybody goes against is that it's like saying that Star Wars is bad and Star Wars is stupid and like Jedis are dumb. Like they're doing all of these things with it. But the point, and they are doing those things in the movie. But the point is that at the end, the main character, Luke Skywalker, comes to understand that Star Wars is cool and Star Wars is fun and that he is going to keep doing it. And, and it is going to keep going. It's one of the coolest moments in cool. Star Wars. Yeah. It's everybody kind of just taking all of its ingredients and not understanding what's coming out of the oven at the end. Yeah, definitely. I, I will say I agree with that Like that criticism of it. I don't think I've ever heard anyone actually articulate no, it to yeah, me yeah, in that way. Not, yeah. It's always you just like, little, that movie sucks. You get a little angry. So. I feel like you've had some good conversations with people where you're kind of, you know, them to kind of start to think about it mm-hmm. in a more positive light. Yeah. We've definitely talked to, like, Kevin about it. Robbie? Me yeah, yeah. We got and him, we got him like to kind of come around, around on it. it. I mean, I don't think he'll ever like it 100%. But no. 
Like, there's still a lot of, you know, Mandalorians out there. Clone Wars is still really good. Like, I didn't like the newest movie, but there's still a lot of good Star yeah, Wars We got a Cassian Andor show coming up. I don't know about that, but you know. I know that's a fact, but I don't know it's how a good fact. it's going to be. All right, so we're 2018. So 2017. 2017. So 2017, I did pick Call Me By Your Name mm-hmm. as my fave. Cool. And that one hit me hard. That's I didn't expect one. it to. And I think I was sick when we went to see that. Yes. And I was crying and sniffling so much <laughs> at the end of the movie. And I think, um, you know, it gave us Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, it did. It's a beautiful a Army gift. Hammer movie. Now we can't fucking get rid of him. No, now every we can. single movie. I'm okay. I'm okay but it started him out young and fresh. Um, yeah. And I just... Too young. Too, too, too young. Too fresh. <laughs> um, but I, I fucking love... Uh, his dad, Michael Stuhlbarg, and like that yeah. whole scene of oh, yeah. him talking to his dad at the end, and like just the fact that that's a positive parents loving their kid and being okay with him potentially being gay, and it's just like yeah. fuck yeah, because we don't <clears throat> get a lot of those movies. Yeah, um, where that puts that out that that's okay, and then just like that, you know, I don't want to do spoilers, but the end sequence of the movie, I was just like, oh Phenomenal. god. Oh, yeah. Which, that just reminded me too, thinking like Timothy Chalamet's and everything now, so now it's only a matter of time before he goes into Marvel. If Marvel were to go that way with the Fantastic Four, that's a good Reed Richards. Yeah, there you go. If they were to Not go bad. young, which I hope they don't, I hope they go old. I have my, I have my own really yeah. cool take on the Fantastic Four that I'm not going to drop here. But I think I've talked to some of you guys about it. It's a good idea. It's pretty good. Disney, call us. Yes, let us know. We got good ideas. Big D. And also, like, there's just such a summer vibe yeah. to that, like, beautiful Italy it's summer It's just, like, a vibe. little yeah. slow. It's, it's a vacation. It's, it's yeah. a trip. And it's just, like, I want to exist in that space. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yep. It reignited my love for psychedelic verse. Totally. For sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. I've been listening to them since 2017 heavily. <laughs> also, that Sufjan Stevens song. Yeah. I'm, I think yeah. they, it, was it Sex Ed Season 2? It's been used uh, it might in something be, it very recently, and I was like, I'm no, sure. that's the Call Me By Your Name song. You don't get to use that song. Yeah, there's, nah, I think it's there's, two, there's two Sufjan songs and I'm, in that. I'm immediately crying. And, it's yeah, not fair. But, but definitely one of those they've been using a lot in yeah. a lot it's of the, other teen the shows. Mystery of Love. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I don't, love don't, don't yeah. cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't do it. It's I love the that guy. He's so beautiful. Yeah. That's not how it goes. I saw him. When he came out with that album, uh, Welcome to Michigan, and mm. everyone in the band was wearing uh, Boy Scout uniforms. Mm, okay. <laughs> it was awesome. That's it's a look, for yeah. sure. <laughs> so the, min- the Moonrise Kingdom beer? Yeah, it definitely was kind of like Moonrise Kingdom. We'll talk sure. about that soon. Yeah. Yes. Well, Jack. Jack. My turn? Mm-hmm. Do you want to take this one, or you want me to take this one? Like rat- well, rattlesnaking. Rattlesnaking. Yeah. Well, rattles- we might have the same. <laughs> I can't remember. Like I think we have the same one. The three of us have the same one. So maybe I'll pick a different one then? No, no, no choose the one that you What's choose. What's your favorite movie of 2017? My favorite movie of, of 2017 was Blade Runner 2049. Oh. Yeah. But if it's also both of your movies, I'll pick a different one. It's no, that's not how it works. No, let's, no, just, no. let's just talk about yeah. that we'll, movie. We'll see. I want to just celebrate other movies as well. I'm going to talk about a ghost, wrong a ghost story. Because okay. maybe mm-hmm. you guys, which wasn't my number two at the time, but like in retrospect... Mm-hmm. I really like the the vibe that a ghost story has. Like, ghost story is great. It's just so melancholy, but also hopeful and uh, spiritual in a way that I usually don't fuck with that kind of stuff. But like, it's spiritual in a different kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a metaphysical kind of property to it. 
a nonlinear timeline mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And all of it just like it's another one like it just puts you in that space and it's just a trip and David, it really is David like, Lowry is a very good director yeah and he's got Green Knight coming up right yeah now, and so I'm really sure. fucking excited for that movie that so. movie looks sure. uh, and it's it's got a, a long take tie eating scene that is really something else it's mm-hmm. great it's a beautiful beautiful movie yep A Ghost Story was one that I saw after the writing of my list and it would have been number two for sure yeah yeah, yeah. so I didn't have the time or the balls to actually order my list that year. Mm-hmm. So I wrote it in chronological order instead ah. of in best of order. But upon reflection, mm. definitely Blade Runner 2049 yeah. was the best. Yeah, I was looking forward to this so much. I, loved I wanted it. to see, because I, I remembered yours was not. It was chronological, and that's why Blade Runner was at the bottom. And we had talked about, we were like, I think Blade Runner 2049 is my favorite one of mm-hmm. the year. But I was wondering where you were going to land. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that it's Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, because 2049. It's it was so great. Fucking rules. That's one of my favorite movie. movies yeah. ever. Like, it's yeah. amazing. It is. I was recently talking with somebody about it where I was like, it's really good because it it it's three movies. It's like... It's it's two different movies in one movie where you get your own standalone movie with Ryan Gosling's new character, and that happens for an hour and fifteen minutes, and then we get to the movie that is actually the sequel to the first one, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's also technically a sequel to the movie that you just watched. Yeah. Like that's what makes the movie, I think, really tick and really work so well beyond like the visuals and all of the cool themes and ideas at play. It's just. It operates so briskly, kind of in the same way where Endgame is like three different movies in this one yeah. gigantic big movie where like I just watched Endgame all over again in little tiny pieces. And me and Dee just like sat down and watched the ending scene like from when like <clears throat> Thanos shows up and, and like it goes on. And the end scene is like, almost cool. an hour. It's an hour. <laughs> it's like it's the third movie. And yeah. it's like yeah. you've got like your like, like oh, everyone's I'll watch gone, this before I go to bed. And I was super, like, how? Oh, super sad art house. Minutes. Marvel movie, and then you've got like this time heist movie, and then you've got just like this big epic battle movie. Fight, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I feel like you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, th- that big epic fight scene that's an hour long, hour long is fan service that's earned. Yeah, and that kind of is how Blade Runner does it as well, where yes. it, it it creates its own fan service, like. Mm-hmm. You know, Blade Runner is a is a renowned classic, but you don't think about it like in that in the way that we think about movies now with fan service and with like lore and like spinoffs and stuff. And Blade Runner has its own anime and things like that too. It's not as uh, far reaching with its like other ancillary products as maybe Avengers is, but like it has like a fan service and it very much like earns its ending. Definitely has a cult following. Yeah, for sure. That has become more than just a cult following. Yeah. Right, because, I mean, Blade Runner is a film that I watched in several classes in film school. Yeah. Because it's so heavily studied. And I enjoy it. I think I have more of an appreciation of the original yeah, Blade Runner than the actual, like, really liking it. Yeah. Did you guys watch it when but... we had it at Story Screen? I did. Mm-hmm. I, did. I believe yes. I did. That yeah. made, that, I've seen it three times, and that last time seeing it, I was just like, this movie is, like, one of my favorites. I it's love the good. original Blade Runner. I mean, I can't imagine. Director's cut, I guess. Seeing it was it, the final cut. The final, final cut. cut. Final that, is, cut. that is the one. Seeing it at the time, I imagine, is a very different thing. But I, yeah. mm-hmm. Blade Runner 2049 is a movie that, by all accounts, should not exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy that it exists. And I kind of can't believe that it exists mm-hmm. in the way that it it's, exists. It's a magic trick. It is. just like... Yeah. It's, it's a sequel that yeah. does not need to exist, and it spends the first hour convincing you that it does. And yeah. then it goes, and now... 
here's the actual sequel. And you're like, yes, this is what I want. And it's at the same time a big budget sci-fi sequel to a legendary sci-fi classic, but also like this very artistic movie that has so much texture and detail to it. That is just mind blowing. Like yes. Roger Deakins finally got his fucking Oscar yeah. for that movie, which the is color also... palette is so stunning. Oh my god! There's like someone... someone was like, "I'm going to make Citizen Kane too." It's like, what the fuck <laughs> yeah, are you talking of. about? <laughs> well, I'm going to make Space Citizen Kane. Yeah, it's yeah. like, excuse me. Yeah, but they hit it. Yeah, I will say for it being my favorite movie, I wish the ending were a little different. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's that. What don't you like? Is there a non-spoiler way that you can talk about yeah, what you don't so like about the ending? I wish it ended on a certain character rather than a different character. There's a moment where okay. the film talked about this. Could we should end it earlier? Yes. Okay. okay. Maybe maybe even just like a few seconds mm-hmm. earlier. Yes. I didn't need it to be any different. I just didn't need the cut back to what they mm-hmm. end the film And on. I I love what they do in the cutback because mm-hmm. I think it really is just a nice cherry on there, Definitely. but it is very much a cherry. It does not need to be there. It's still a goddamn really good looking Sunday without it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think kind of going back to what you were saying about it, it's like two different movies. Mm-hmm. They're ending both those stories. Yes. Right. And they're Definitely. giving both yeah. those stories like their the moment closure. to have closure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I agree with you there. Uh, and Curveball for me, actually, Blade Runner 2049 is not my favorite movie of 2017 mm. anymore. Ah! <laughs> it is Call Me By Your Name. Oh, but, okay. uh, but at the time. At the time, it was Blade Runner 2049. That was, Call Me By Your Name was number two. Blade Runner 2049 was number one. But look at that. I, uh, I'm sticking with my list. For, well, I, I reconsidered. <laughs> I reconsidered. And Call Time's Me By changed. Your Name, when the theater first opened up, we had like, um, you know, we, we had been open for a little while. Yeah, you did a screening. But of I did a screening of Call Me By Your Name. And this was right when we were first starting out. And we, like we did it very quickly. And I couldn't get a, a version, a hard drive for the, the, the projector computer from the studio in time. So I had to make my own and burn burn a Blu-ray. And the problem is that the Blu-ray did not burn the subtitles over. So I had to spend the entire day prior going through the movie, watching it, and every time a subtitle comes up, go to my editor and edit it in frame by frame and put the subtitles in. It took me hours. But in doing that, I was noticing things in that movie that I had never even heard anyone talk about in any think pieces I had read or people who had watched it. And I really, like... I literally fell in love with that movie. Hmm. I couldn't get it out of my head. I couldn't stop doing it. I was like, I need to go to bed. I need to pick this up in the morning. And I just couldn't break away from it. It it became this labor of love that is one of the most intense I've ever done in my life outside of just editing and movies. It was insanely intimate. And that completely just reshocked my memory of when I was trying to decide between Call Me By Your Name and Blade Runner 2049. I still think Blade Runner 2049 is one of the best movies ever made, but I think Call Me By Your Name is the movie that I think is going to be the most special from 2017 if I had to pick. Um, I think if you probably pulled apart every frame of Blade Runner 2049, you might also have a religious experience in the same way. That's very true. But now he's too busy. That's really cool. We wouldn't see him for months. Yeah, I was going to say, it'd take him a lot longer for that one. Yeah. Might be less subtitles of Blade Runner. I don't know. Yeah. There's a little less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Burn, do you want to kick off 2016? You want to be the tail of the rattlesnake? Sure. 
Remember when we were trying to come up with a mascot for Story Screen? The rattlesnake. It was Story Screen. It was the. It was a snake. It would be a snake because the S's. Oh. And we were coming up with a name where his name would be like like Sally Snake and. I don't remember this. This sounds remember, like an amazing. I sent, I remember, time. I sent you like mascot uniforms of different snakes, and I was you like, "We could get this. one of these things." <laughs> I want that <laughs> silly snake. So anyway, anyway, wait, wait, really quick. Snake. Yeah, Logan came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Killing of a Sacred Deer came out yeah, in 2017. Man. Get, get out. out came man. out in 2017. Good year. That was a year. Shape of Water. 2016 is also a year, and I had a Fuck. hard time <laughs> stepping away from this. I. Ha- I basically chose this movie because it's the one that's stuck with me the most, or the one that I've watched the most since that year. And also, it's the one that challenged me, because when I first saw it, I was a little hard on it. I was a little critical of it. And it's like, I didn't want to be happy while watching this movie. And it was La La Land. Mm-hmm. And so watching uh, that movie, da, 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 da. yeah, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, a little too poppy for me. And then <laughs> second time I watched it in theaters, I was like, no, yeah, like these beats are catchy. I really like it. And then the third time I watched it, I was like, oh, yeah, I actually really, really like this movie. I just Aww. think it's like a good, yeah. good movie. Gosling. It was such a good year. And the music is awesome. Yeah. The colors look great. The chemistry between Emma Stone and uh, Ryan Gosling are just baby goose. Baby goose. Yeah, those two actors together are just, like, perfect. I would watch them act in a movie every single year together. Mm. As long as it didn't split up their relationships. (laughs) 2019 was a gap year for for baby goose, wasn't it? I think so. Mm -hmm. First first man was was last year. Mm -hmm. I love it. That's true. Yeah, he did La La Land, Blade Runner, First Man. And then he's taking a year off. Chilling out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, good for you. Like, take a year Because he won won the Golden Globe Best Actor uh, for La La Land. So it was kind of like this big push. Yeah, because Casey Affleck uh, won actor that year for mm-hmm. Manchester by the Sea. Which is good, also a very a good very movie. good performance and a very yeah. good movie. A good movie, mm-hmm. but Lucas Hedges is better. Yes. In that movie. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I love La La Land as well. I love La La Land. Me and me and Bernadette have a very great relationship with La La Land. We do. We should do that again. Yeah. Go back. <laughs> La La Land, La La Years Later. Mm. That would be a fun one to maybe do some kind of like karaoke event at the theater. Hey, I'm into that. You're thinking. That would be cool, right? Yeah, you're thinking with me. Don't give away these ideas for free. Cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) Story screen original. But Jack, would you like to go ahead? Uh yeah. Um this movie I've talked about before on on this this here radio show. Mm -hmm. Uh because it's not only my favorite movie of 2016 it's high in the running for my favorite movies of all time it's up there in the top three that can switch around depending on my mood but it's the witch which really i think the witch is like uh a movie that kind of like created this awakening in me of like Oh, this is like a different kind I of horror movie. This is what movies This is like like this is a because it was also like right around the time I was getting into more of the the story screen stuff and like yeah. doing more writing and podcasts and stuff like that and like that was that was a movie that was like holy shit this is on a different level of the stuff that I had at least experienced and I think it opened up like a more doors for me to be like okay there is like people doing stuff in the horror space that is that goes deeper than what I would normally traditionally think of a horror movie 
Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we've talked about Robert Eggers tonight quite a bit, mm-hmm. but like just the 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 poetry of the screenplay of that movie, the atmosphere and the tone of the setting, the meticulous detail in the production design, everything, and just like the the tension that he weaves through it, mm-hmm. fucking love it. I I every I saw that movie in theaters three times, and I feel like I got wow. more out of it every time. Mm-hmm. I like how it really harkens three back. Times. I'm putting out um, Mikhail Haneke's stuff as well, like. A lot of people don't really follow that director mm-hmm. in the states, but then to have Robert Eggers like really tap into that was yeah. very cool. Yeah, just like how legit scary that was, just because you're like, oh, this could have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I I, I I like the read of it, not only like something that could have happened, yeah. but also like the kind of inverse read of like this is the paranoia that was so deeply burned into people's mind definitely that made even more horrific things actually happen yeah Mm -hmm. yeah just kind of like being so isolated from people and being in the woods and yeah just like and being so deeply bought into your your own religion that you are willing and quickly willing to just turn on your own family definitely yeah and a cool celebration of language Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, just, and that's why, I think that's why I went to go see it three times in theaters, um, is because, because so much of it is, like, low, kind of, like, hushed whispers. Like, what did they say? But in, like, the <laughs> old English sort of, like, dialect, that I got more out of, like, I could perceive more of what they were actually saying every it's time I saw It's funny enough, I wanted it. to see The Lighthouse, like, with subtitles for the same yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah. I so also I was like, so it. what did they say? But I think that's part of it. <laughs> I, I agree. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. On a second viewing, I would like subtitles, though. I On the first viewing, I'm I glad I got what I got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is fine. Yeah. Probably you're like, I'll, I'll take what my ears can give me. Yeah, that's that's fine. I don't blame, that's not me blaming the flick. I know it's part of the soundscape of it, but. Right. Mm-hmm. The confusion. Yes. Yeah. D, what was yours? Uh, 2016, mine was definitely Swiss Army Man. Hell Very yeah. good. Which is a, a weird one, but yes. I love it. Um, I love it. For the soundtrack, I love like the aspect of the sounds from the characters being weaved into the music. Um, I love how like silly and funny it is, but then it's really poignant and also sad. I, I think I remember being really sad at the end of that movie when we saw it in the theater. Oh yeah, and you were like, "Whoa, are you okay?" And I was just like, it just hit me really hard mm-hmm. at the end. But it, yeah, so good. And I've definitely watched that uh, repeat value quite a bit. That movie is very good. Yeah. but even different. just for the music is. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the first movies I watched uh, at a story screen pop-up. Cool. At Morgan. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. Nice. Yeah, yeah we got to like, share that fun little movie. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know if I was, like, writing for the site yet, or I don't know if my first article um, came out yet. I think it had at that I point. Yeah, it had, yeah. yeah. I do remember, like, you know, Burge and I were still fairly new friends. Yeah. We and still are. <laughs> <laughs> You learn something new every yes. podcast. It takes a while. And, I, and I love that, like... <laughs> you're close. I feel like you go into Swiss bugs. Army Man knowing you know Paul Dano is a weirdo. Like, you're like, yeah, Paul yeah. Dano, that guy's a weirdo. But mm-hmm. then I just, like, I fucking love Daniel I feel, Radcliffe well, in that movie so much. Also really a weirdo. Yeah, he that is. Was just but, like, like, but, like, coming, like, off of... 
you know, Harry Potter series, his first yeah. few movies were definitely all over the place. So you're yeah, doing yeah. horns yeah. and then going yeah. to Swiss he's, Army. And, he's the, and the horse play where he like bangs the horse. Equus, yeah. The he's kind of only that, done like, weirdo shit since <laughs> Harry Potter. Movie. I mean, technically Harry Potter is some weirdo shit if you really think about it. Yeah, it's the most, yeah but it's yeah. the most normy weirdo shit. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. 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 You got to start somewhere. You got to get the kids early. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to get them hooked. Yeah. 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 But I love him. He's great. He's great. That movie is very good. Great. Yeah. Uh, so when I wrote my list in 2016, my favorite movie of the year was The Lobster. Ooh. Still very much a movie I, I love and adore, and, I, and I've and i written uh, an article on The Lobster about like its absurdist nature, and I really, really like The Lobster, and I really, really like Yorgos Lanthimos' movies. But Bye. in retrospect, oh. uh, Moonlight yeah. is Ooh. the best movie of that year. It's my favorite movie of that so year. So good. Uh, Bernadette recently, as a housewarming slash birthday present, got me the A24 bound uh, screenplay of Moonlight. Oh, which I hope you didn't have to. You know, I know it's a thousand dollars, so I really, <laughs> I really hope you didn't spend that amount of money. I, I on don't it. have a soul anymore. <laughs> I, okay. sell that. I didn't want but, it anyway. Uh, I do recommend those bound copies though, because they just that really look beautiful. Is a beautiful movie. It's so good, yeah. and like I, I, I wanted to rewatch it recently, but. Reading it like has been enough. God like damn, Barry, Barry Jenkins, Jenkins is just like God that, damn. and like you know, I went to school for screenwriting, so like I've read many a screenplay, I've written screenplays, and and reading his work on the page is that he really is a master at writing, and he is a master director, and he kind of like blew into the scene in a really big way. And his follow up movie, um, If Beale Street Could Talk, it's also. Beautiful, tremendous, all the good adjectives that you could throw at it. But Moonlight is something truly spectacular where, you know, it takes an ideology into a into a different world that maybe you haven't seen on the big screen. And, you know, it it's amazing that it won the Academy Award that year. Mm-hmm. It's um, everything about By it. By hair. By, yeah, it almost <laughs> didn't, I guess. It is, uh, it truly, that movie is truly something remarkable. And I hope that we... It doesn't get lost in the sands of time, yeah. you know, and I'm glad we were doing this to kind of be able to talk about some of these gems for a little bit. But yeah, mm-hmm. Moonlight is definitely something after a few years of consideration, a few years of doing, you know, because 2016 is the first year we all started doing like a lot more. Well, maybe not Birch, but we all started being doing more story screen stuff. Oh, no, and, I didn't uh, watch any. I'm, I'm done. After yeah. This. Yeah. I, I, I have no more movies. 2015 <laughs> to 2010. But, no. uh, you know, after, you know, developing my own critical sensibilities and and doing becoming a podcaster and a writer and, and a critical aggregate to film uh i you know moonlights that's that's the thing something i love about that movie too is like i feel like so often there are movies where a character ages and they change the actor and it doesn't always work it works but, so well but i felt like each yeah. of those chapters were so equally compelling Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind just, of like blurs the line between like oh those are different actors right. just like oh yeah. this is a different stage because they're almost different characters so yeah. they can kind of the mannerisms kind of remain but everything else is cool I guess he like I read somewhere that uh, Barry Jenkins like had the um, the actors like work off of like the two older ones worked off of the mannerisms of the of the, of the, young, of the younger great, one to like huh. really be able hmm. to try and like match those that's cool and would just kind of evolve them and yeah. like manipulate them into like what they were supposed to be for their take on the character yeah. that's really cool uh, I, uh, I my, love Mahershala Ali in that too so yeah, much so good yeah. they gave us Mahershala Ali in the same yeah. way Call Me By Your Name gave us Timothy Chalamet that's very that's true, true. Yeah. that is yeah. very true uh, my favorite movie of 2016 
I had put down Swiss Army Man on the mm-hmm. list, and I was reconsidering it for Moonlight, especially. But I landed on Swiss Army Man as a very uh, special movie for me as my favorite yes. movie of 2016, easily. Um, 2016 was a another loaded year. There was a lot mm-hmm. of very La La Land is way up there as well for me yeah i'm surprised you didn't pick la la land swiss army man is just uh it's a beast it's it's the thunder road of that year it's this small movie that i saw every year that's your favorite it's gonna be the thunder road it's the thunder road (laughs) just like when i have a movie that everybody else has seen that i haven't seen it's called my robbie that is true i haven't Uh, seen the witch also he has not seen the witch (laughs) what the fuck i haven't seen the witch (laughs) it'll creep you out yeah let's see that's why. That's, that's why. why it's called the Robbie. So that's why I think I wrestled a lot with La La Land is because I typically tend to go more towards like those critical, weird indie darlings. Yes. And La La Land is so not that. Mm-hmm. It's so and good. And that's why though. I wrestled with it for yeah. a long time. There's just there's a there's a magic to La La Land, yes. and there's a magic to Moonlight, and there's a magic to Swiss Army Man. I'm also not yes. a person that loves musicals by nature well, and it's fantastic that's me yeah. right there mm-hmm. no that's what I mean well, so I know no, I mean no but I like, love me a good musical yeah exactly yeah. Uh, but yeah Swiss Army Man for everything that Dee said too it's just it's just a magical movie I had an amazing time getting to watch it especially getting to watch it with Diana who's one of the best people to watch movies with because she's very <laughs> she makes noise I don't but in, good in the good way where it's not she's not talking during the movie but she's just like ugh ah <laughs> I can see you being fun for that. Yeah, yeah. it was a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, Swiss Army Man was just it's a, a fun movie. It's a treat of a movie. I haven't watched it in a while, and I'm actually now yeah. that I'm talking about it, getting really excited to uh, watch it again. Maybe maybe show it at the theater. That would be, be cool. nice. I'd, I'd be, be into, into that. Mm-hmm. Doing, doing this process has, has like sparked a lot of like, oh, I should go back and watch Re-watch. that again. Yeah, and there's yeah. also some stuff on here that I wrote down that I was like, I haven't fucking seen this. What's wrong yes. with me? Yeah. Same How with me. have you not seen The Witch? It, we gotta talk. I, because it we gotta make, talk. It's, I know this. it's gonna make me uncomfortable no. and sad. <laughs> you can, you can, we can watch it with you. If that that, helps. If I can bring my weighted blanket and friends, then maybe I can. How, weighted how blanket. You, oh, we'll all bring our weighted blankets. Oh, be perfect. yeah. That sounds how, like that is. If we can make a play date where we all blankets. bring our weighted blankets, we can blankets. watch it in theater three. We'll move all the chairs out. I'm, we'll have like sleeping bags. Right, it is decided. Okay. Great. Done. Can't wait. <laughs> um, you wanna? So rattlesnake back. Are uh, you? Yeah. Do you want to do? 2015. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 2015 was a very big year. It's a banger. I have my list of oh my all God. of the movies. Those are that all I from 2015. 2015. Oh, opened shit. a scroll. Um, <laughs> Dead Sea. That movies, papyrus is beautiful. Movies that I did not see from 2015 that I thought might be able to oh make goodness. this list, of which there were big ones, was. Uh, um, I Carol, do want to go home sometime. Yes, Carol and Tangerine. Were two movies I still haven't seen from oh, yeah. 2015 that I really need to see. Okay, uh, and I wasn't able to catch them uh, in time to do this. So, still 2015, my favorite movie of the year is Creed. It's a good one. Yeah. Creed is bold. a phenomenal fucking movie. It's- it's a damn good movie. It is flawless, good. and it is in many of the same ways that Blade Runner 2049 should not exist. Yeah. It should not be nearly as good as it is. No. The fact that it's a masterpiece is what really astounds me in a year where a lot of really good movies, which I won't say because I'm hoping maybe they will come up around the table. Uh, but Creed, 2015 was one of the hardest ones to solid down because I hadn't created a top 15 list that year. Back to 2016, I already had. I had already considered these things in the past couple of years, so I just had to look at that and go, here we go. Mm-hmm. How do I feel now? 
2015 was the first year where I had to go down the list of releases, write them all down that I had seen, and be like, which one of these? And 2015 was another loaded year. Creed is a phenomenal movie. It gave us Michael B. Jordan in the sense that he is now, because before that he was just Fruitvale Station and The Wire. The, the TV show. Right. Yeah. But, like, he Fruitvale wasn't, like... Station is so good. Michael B. Jordan right. jacked. Yeah. Like, yeah. he wasn't the new yeah. Michael B. Jordan it, where you're like, oh, shit, yeah. stop. With his Killmonger, it's Coogler, like... man. Relax. It's, it's, Ryan Coogler is a good director Ascending. of movies. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. It's wild that so good. A, a Rocky movie in 2015 was as good as that movie it's was. It's nuts. Like, yeah, no. Creed, they the just, first they Creed movie figured out how to do it. Did anyone see Creed 2? Yeah. We saw it together. Me and Dean And... Good. It's good. It's good. good. It's, it's good. not a masterpiece. No, it like is, that's the whole thing. It yeah. is not Ryan Coogler. It's yeah. It's uh. It's that's Rocky. Good. It's Rocky Two. Yeah. Where you're like Rocky okay. is a masterpiece, and then Rocky Two, you're like happy to hang out with that guy again. Good. This sure. was good. Okay. It's not bad. All right. Cool. What you got? Straddle snaking over. Uh. So I had on my phone a different movie, and I'm curveballing myself in this brief moment. Yeah. Uh, it's Ex Machina. Ooh, that's what I picked it was, too. It was between two movies, and I like Burge is holding back on some other movies he wants to talk about. I will maybe if no one mentions I, it, I'll I shout got, it. Don't out. worry, I you got, got it. All right, cool. I you think I maybe also have it, but we'll see. Cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's, it was also. it was like very between two, and I like these movies very much. So, but what was the other? Well, well, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait. just in case they okay. want to bring okay. it up. I don't want to okay. throw too much words. It'll make sense when you hear it. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, Ex Machina is my favorite movie of 2015. Uh, it's also the first article I ever wrote for Story Screen was about um, kind of the gender politics and gender theory of Ex Machina. So that has kind of like a soft spot in my heart as well. Um, but that movie fucking rules. It's uh, a really so good example good. of just like art house sci-fi. Uh, it's Alex Gardland doing his motherfucking thing. And the production design. It's is so good. That house weird. is so yeah. fucking cool. And it more um, or less launched Donald Gleason as well. Because yeah. like after that, yes. he was in fucking everything. I do love yeah. Donald Gleason. Well, he was and in Oscar Isaac. He was as well. in uh, he Black was in Dread. And he was in Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah, he was the hacker as well. Yeah, he was in Black Mirror. Yeah. He but, was uh, in About Time, which is a silly movie. If oh, you yeah. if you get a chance to watch Frank, he's awesome in that. Oh yeah, um, Frank's great. Yeah. Don't yeah. worry. It's very good. <laughs> oh, Frank's a Bernadette Frank. movie. Yeah. I think um, you'd like that. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Uh, Frank is great. But yeah, Ex Machina is. Uh, it also will be the next A twenty four screenplay I buy <laughs> when, uh, I really when I have the dough for it. Like wrestled with which one to get. You, you made you but... made a you you had two amazing choices, so you it's couldn't true. have been wrong. Um, but yeah, I love I fucking love Ex Machina. Yeah. That movie. Rules. That's that also another that's, one that was very high on mine. We're like, right. Mm. That's also that's a Robbie movie. Like, one hundred and ten percent. Like that movie is is for me. So so yeah, really like Ex Machina. Can't say enough nice things about it. But I think D, that was also your favorite. Yeah, yeah. So that you was have also other nice pick. things to say. Yeah. Um. I mean, because now now we've all seen Annihilation, but I just feel like yeah. visually that movie's stunning. Ex Machina is like. Ooh, and like you said, the production design. Also, like how weird Oscar Isaac is in it. Yeah. Like, well, he he like was the weirdo guy. Yeah. Until he became like you know Doctor Spaceman. Poe. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's oh. like it's so funny that because Oscar Isaac has like said before he's like I always kind of base my characters off of real life people. Yeah. Okay. Whether that he knows or really famous people and stuff like that, and he like obviously you can see like he was taking a bunch of just like kind of weird Steve Jobs. Steve kind Jobs. Of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Zuckerberg. Elon maybe. Musk but Steve Jobs yeah. that works out. Yeah, and he was just yes. like morphing all of that stuff in there. What and if I think Steve that's... Jobs fucked? What if Steve Jobs could mm. kick your ass? Yeah. <laughs> True. Weird departure though to see like. 
Lewin Davis inside Lewin Davis and yes. then see him in Ex Machina. Okay. Totally. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I feel like his, his character in Drive might be like more similar to his Ex Machina character. Just by being like oh, anti- sure. antagonistic. Yeah, this, like, you know? like that's the Oscar Isaac Assange. The, that's yeah. happening the in this buzzed head of years. or the curls. <laughs> yeah, you get you get one. Yeah. That's actually the yeah. two genders: is Oscar sad, Isaac with a buzz sad, head or curly scary buzz head mm-hmm. or yeah. sensitive curls. Agreed. Yes, yeah. it's I mean, a good I, movie. It's good curls. Great movie. Yeah. Jack, what you got? Um, my, so mine is the the other one that Robbie was torn between. It is Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, so good! Oh. Absolutely, AKA, so good. Listen, out of my favorite movies that we're talking about, yeah, not I, not was, many of them are perfect movies. That was on the short list for me. As Mad well. Max Fury Road, I think, is a perfect movie. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. a perfectly executed action movie. It is air fucking tight. It just goes. That's another one I saw in theaters. Yeah. I think we three watched times it here. As well. I we saw that three times. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. saw that in the theater with my dad, and my dad loves the original. And I was just like, "This is crazy!" And like, we were just both like, "Oh my god!" Just, <laughs> once it starts, it just does not stop. No, and especially doesn't. going back and looking at it and thinking about it like thematically as well. Yeah. yeah, it just it just hits on all cylinders. It's another movie where like yeah, good pun. Um, Thank you. That's another movie uh, where like. You know, you could like pause any frame of it and you'd be like, that's a portrait. That's like yeah, the best thing I've ever seen. The colors. My, one of my favorite shots in like cinema history is in Mad Max. Yep. And like, the, have you ever seen the video of like, they put like a crosshair basically in yes. the middle of it and you see like the framing of yeah. every action scene. Brilliant. And it just, it's things that your brain doesn't even process on, on the fly while you're watching it, but you're mm-hmm. like, this is just good action. Like, yeah. I am tracking this so perfectly. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just... The, it's the center eye rule, which is, like, very hard to do. It's every point of action is always in the middle of the frame. Like, the, where mm-hmm. you're supposed to be looking is in the ah. middle, so that when something else happens, you're constantly going back and forth, but you can always anchor back. It's a very, very weird way to shoot a movie, and, and it's, it works very It's cool. a goddamn shame that the sequel met production hell. And we probably oh, will we'll not. I think there think actually has been recently we'll good it. word about it. Yeah, I, I think I saw something the other day. I'd also oh, rather it was, wait. It's true. it was too great. successful for its own good. George Miller had too many people involved in that movie to be able to get it made. So when it was that successful, they were like, "We want our fucking money." It was all this different shit. Yeah, and he was like, "Hold on a second now. Like, I I need to make my movie first. And they're like, "No, no, 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 no. We need to do this." And he's like, "I'm not doing it then." And there was all these different politics went into it. But now. Certain rights have changed hands. They moved around much in the same way as Hannibal season four. It's going to happen, guys. Don't worry about it. Don't, 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 don't fucking do don't that. To fucking me. Do, do, that. Not do that. Don't happen. make a promise it's you can't keep. Happen. It's all about licensing rights. And so now it's like getting back up there where Mad Max is like, they're going to make another one. It won way too many awards for them to not make another one. You. Do you know what you just did to me? You can't just throw that shit out casually in mm-hmm. Hannibal season four. Watch it be right. Watch it be right. And Fury Road, too, like, making this complete mythos of all of these back characters. Yeah. I've never been so fascinated by villains. Totally. I think, yeah. ever. Yeah, like, oh, absolutely. Like, Joe yeah. and, like, the Doof Warrior who wears his mother's face as he's, yeah. like, blasting that sweet fire guitar. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. That movie. Charlie Theron's so badass. Yes. She kicks love it. ass. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. so good. I just, wish, I just Holt? wish Timothy Chalamet played Mad Max. <laughs> no. Maybe, maybe one day. No, he'd yeah. be one of the, uh, no. the pitbulls. That would be more like <laughs> Sad Max. Yeah, Sad Max. I'd be down if he was one of the Pip Boys. Yeah. yeah. Everything's Mad chrome. Yeah. Spray paints his fucking face. Right. Witness. <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, yeah, my choice was also Mad Max Fury Woo! Road for sure. Okay. 
Um, but I'll do a brief shout out to another film that I really liked from that year, which was The Big Short, since we just talked about that. Okay, yeah, sure. Nice. Because uh, Big Short is also, like, they're so diametrically opposed, these two <laughs> movies. They're yeah. so, so different. But uh, The Big Short, similar to movies like Frost Nixon, and then, of course, like Adam McKay's future film Vice, and then Bombshell. I love movies that can take a point in time that actually seems a little bogged down with jargon and politics right. and all of these things that typically are very, like, newspaper-level boring and making them very engaging and exciting. And the way they deliver information in that film was so cool to have characters like play themselves and break yeah. the fourth wall to give that information yeah. out. And I just think it has like lights out performances from like pretty much everyone. Cast, yeah. yeah, in that movie. I think that's great. Some good Gosling in there too. Mhm. Excellent. Good Gosling. Good Christian good, Bale. Good Baby Goose. Mhm. <laughs> good Brad Pitt. Like everyone's like really disappearing into these characters in this movie, which I thought was pretty phenomenal. Fun movie. Yeah, cool. yeah it's a great movie. Jack, you want to kick off? Uh, sure. 20, <laughs> what are we at now? 2014? 2014. 2014 mm-hmm. was fucking wild. Yep. Also girls. wild. Uh, I mean, this is not my movie, but Frank is a movie, a very special movie that you, I'm glad you uh, brought up before because I think about that movie a lot. I really love that. I did not know it was Michael Fassbender yes. until he took the helmet this off. This is all the stuff that I'm here for right now. It's like, this is, like, <laughs> this is why I'm like, because we, we knew everything else yeah. like from the list and stuff. Now I'm yeah. like, yo, what are you We could have talked about? less about 2019. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it worked out good. It's okay. It, it, it happens. Uh, similar to 2015... Uh, my favorite movie from 2014 is a perfect action movie. It's John Wick. Oh, oh yeah! Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for you, John Wick. <laughs> I thought you were going to pick Winter Joe. Soldier. Good for you, Winter, Winter Soldier is also a good, yeah, a really really good action movie. Yeah. John Wick, I will fight Kills to it. the end of my life. Good is a you. perfect good action you, movie. There has yeah. never been. It is the best, breeziest, tightest setup. <laughs> Ten minutes. To yeah. set up the best revenge story ever. And it's not just a dog getting killed. There's so much it more helps. to it. Yeah, yeah it's it like, hard, too. Right. Yeah. But, like, in that ten minutes, it so effectively communicates to you why these things are important to this person and who this person is. And then very quickly becomes, like, why this person is very scary to all the villains in this movie. And it just spends the... It's the, it's the kind of movie where, like... The villains are all cowering in fear of yeah. John Wick, and it gave us Keanu also. Rebirthed um, Keanu. Yeah, I was. Gonna, we had so Keanu for good. a while. <laughs> but it, that's, I, it's, that's the bit. It's Maybe got it's like its own Keanu. myth. Yeah. Yeah. like it's got its yeah. own. Yeah, like, I mean, like it's given us the final form of Keanu, yeah. which is long hair beard Keanu, which yeah. well, seems I, to. I hope refuse. it's not the final form. Yeah, we'll I like see. the form. I hope there's another one. Well, he could go gray, yeah, which that's would also I mean. that's be, be pretty good. good. Also, yeah. I don't think we would have gotten Matrix 4 if we didn't get John Wick, Keanu. That's probably no. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the, I mean? the production stills of Matrix 4 he where just he looks, looks like exactly like John Wick <laughs> is like that's perfect. Yeah. But yeah, he gets a little breather with Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he gets yeah. to be beardless for that one. Can't wait yeah. to watch that. That's going to be good. <laughs> Fuck that movie's so good. I could watch that movie any day. Yeah, John Wick is very good. Mm-hmm. D, what's yours? Uh, I gotta go with Guardians of the Galaxy. Hell oh, yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Um, 
Good for you. I almost went Captain America Winter Soldier because I, oh. I I love rewatching that one so much. It's a good fucking movie. It's, yeah. it's coming up soon. I it's coming up soon. CWS Day. CWS Day. I love Sebastian Stan. I mean, it's so good. So, um, but yeah, I got to go with Guardians. Just like. Respect. I felt like, you know, in the grand scheme of the weird Marvel, and then like that was within the first five minutes of that movie, I was like, Yes! You know, like, just like, the cast and the music, and, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just fun. It was good. Mm-hmm. That was my close number two, so I'm happy that somebody else yeah. got it out there. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. Uh, for me, it's a movie that I watched within the past, like, year or so. Um, it was between two movies that were very close. Uh, I really wanted to... I, I, I love The Guest. The Guest came out that year. I love mm. The Guest so I, much. But, that was also on my short list. Yeah. I love The Guest. But um, uh, it's Whiplash. Boom! Whiplash. Damn! Rule. Mine you, is Robbie. Whiplash too. Yeah, yeah boy! Whiplash is good. so fucking You're stressful. such a good new friend. I know. <laughs> we finally get to become <laughs> friends. Good, no, no. Yeah, we're still new friends. <laughs> still, yeah, yeah. Nothing's don't changed. Get, don't get too I'm, just say, I'm reaffirming that you're good. Okay. You're closer, good. though. Good. Yes. Good, good. Uh, yeah, Whiplash. And, you know, Birch, feel free to chime in because that is also it's a fucking great movie. Uh, I was listening to, I think when I was trying to make the choice, I was like, I'm going to listen to the Whiplash uh, soundtrack. Oh, yeah. And I, like, oh, so yeah. if you saw on Spotify, that was, like, literally the moment where I was like, oh, yeah, Whiplash is the fucking best. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I really like movies that, um, it's why I really like Loose in 2019, where mm-hmm. it's, like, a movie that's, like, you wouldn't expect to be a thriller. And it has, like... All, it's like some. It's like the best thriller because like it takes place in like the classroom, and then Whiplash is very similar where it's like it's a thriller movie as a bank heist or a shootout could be, but it's all about is and it's all about being in the classroom <laughs> and oh, and I think what it really speaks to me is is you know someone who is very happy in their job path currently, but has aspirations of of, of a big future of like you know writing movies and doing things like that. Yeah. Whiplash is all about like. Don't give up, but like maybe you could. I don't know. Like, is it is it worth the pain? Is it worth like putting yourself through the hardest thing imaginable? Because I think you know, trying to be an artist professionally and make a life doing that and becoming one of the greatest and wanting to be remembered, having those desires yeah. are like at what cost? They're crushing. Yeah, and like <laughs> if you really put the time in and really do it, you might achieve it, but it. Probably will cost you like there, most of the JK things you Simmons? love. There's right. a yes. There's Fuck. a there's like a level of thematic like obsession in Whiplash that speaks to me yeah. very strongly. Where it's, mm-hmm. you can become very obsessive with something that you are creatively passionate about, and it can completely block out everything else in your life. And I've definitely gone through phases where yeah. I have done that. Uh, very wrongly and I'm trying to get better at that but Whiplash is a movie that when I watch it not only is it edited like a fucking just a a knife like sliced bread it's just Mm -hmm. it's so perfectly constructed and executed and edited have you ever seen the short film that it's based off of no it's essentially the you told me it's like one of the scenes it's the same scene only it's like it's like the actor that I think it's the actor that plays young Neil and Scott Pilgrim is the Miles, is the Miles Teller part. And it's just, it's J.K. Simmons, it's still him, and it's just that entrance scene, but it takes place, like, during the day, and it's, like, brightly lit, but it's still, like, the exact same thing, and you're just, like, the mood and the lighting and the tone of everything surrounding the story of Whiplash is so important, 
And it's just one of those movies where all of those little tiny things that make a movie a movie yeah. are all just on fire and making it the best version of it that it can possibly be. And J.K. Simmons is just one of the best performances. It's one of my favorite performances of all time. He's terrifying. I love it. That's why it kicked out literally The Guest and Guardians of the Galaxy. Those yeah. were the other three. Yeah. That were and like I know for you, those are huge. huge I love movies. The yeah. Guest. Huge movies. The Guest is, is so Stevens. good. But Whiplash is, is, a, is a whirlwind of fire. I love like, it. I wanna, so not, uh, all these movies we're talking about now. Now I want to watch these I movies. Yeah. Right it's so crazy. He needed a break, so then he made La La Land. Yes, mm-hmm. yes he needed a break. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you guys talked about Whiplash because I had that and Inherent Vice as my backup. Ooh. I still have not seen Inherent Vice. Ooh. That's Very a good. big one. Very good. But just in case you guys had mentioned, my favorite movie of the year was Birdman. Oh, yes. so good. Of ignorance. <laughs> so good. Just getting that mythos of <laughs> the man who played Batman is now this character who also played Birdman. And following him around, trying to reinvent himself. The Michael Keaton that we know and like tidy yeah. whities running around. And then like he played the another District. Birdman a couple years later in mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Yeah. He just likes playing he like, just, like uh, winged... Winged creatures. Winged it's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that also was like a great Emma Stone performance. Yeah. And I love that the whole thing is so manic and involved. And then the ending also is very ambiguous. You can take it one way or the other. Right. I love it's that just movie. I think that movie such is a ride. Very it's like reading like just a very good book. It's mm-hmm. like the movie has a lot going on with all the different characters. Edward Norton mm-hmm. is yeah. phenomenal in that. Play, kind of playing himself and coming to terms with how much of an asshole he is, which is why I really like this new phase of Edward Norton we have where he's a little bit more self-aware. Yeah. And I think Birdman in that performance heavily Got him there. gets into Maybe, that. Yeah. Yeah. I Definitely. love all, all the musical cues, too, yes. in that movie. It's so Similar tight. to Whiplash. Very yeah. similar to Whiplash. It's so tight. Yeah, yeah, I got Birdman on vinyl. Mm-hmm. It's good. You better Very believe good. I got that. <laughs> I also think it's great that it got us like one of the best episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in recent history <laughs> with Charlie work. Mm, that that, yeah. that episode Charlie is episode. very fucking good. Yeah. 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 A lot of like one-off TV. I mean, like the that one episode of True Detective has to be inspired by Birdman. Mm-hmm. Well, well it's just in the long, the long take sort of thing. You're talking about the long, like a long take? Yeah. Yeah. The single take. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- th- there's been single take like movies and episodes and stuff like that for a while. But like that's the True Detective one is like one of like the big outstanding ones because it's easy to do a single take in stuff like you know 1917 just did it and a climax did it and uh, the movie um, uh, that was on my list. While you're thinking, her smell does it as well. Yes, multiple for a lot of to yeah. like really just allow for like you know, kind of living in a scene yeah. and getting a feeling of the space and stuff. Birdman, I think, really does it in such a fun way where it's almost cartoonish because they are just, like, frantically moving around. But right, right. the most impressive thing about Birdman is the staging and the blocking yeah. involved in all of this stuff because almost all of the spaces are very tight. That's so they're true. constantly moving walls and shifting props and stuff like that to move it around to give you a feeling of being in this space, which is very important for, like, connecting with the characters it's like the whole scene with like Emma Stone like looking at stuff and then who's who's the other uh actress? the other woman is it who plays that part i can't remember Let's is it is it julia moore no it's not it's not laura dern is it no who plays that part 
Who is that? Oh, it's Naomi Watts. Uh, Naomi You're Watts right. is playing that part, and she's like getting dressed and talking shit about Emma Stone. But we know that Emma Stone mm-hmm. is in the room because mm-hmm. as we entered, we saw her looking, but right. she can't see it. But we can see her in the corner and her because of the reflection, and we can see the corner of everyone. It's all blocked and staged perfectly mm-hmm. for that kind of single take kind of thing. And that's the same thing with True Detective. Is it's they go from this one space yeah, and they not end in, here, yeah. and they're just like going through this yes. stuff, and it's like right. a tank. And it takes some of the elements that they used in Black Swan and kind of heightened right. it. All of like my favorite parts of Black Swan are moving in and out of the stage and that yeah. atmospheric fog and darkness and moving in and out of that, which is also very cool. And uh, there's a show down in the city called Sleep No More, and you mm. get to move around in the building among the sets and among the actors. I've and always wanted very, to go to that. It's that very fun. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Birdman kind of like puts you in that space without you having to go and be in that space, yeah. which I think is very cool. Fun movie. Birdman's mm-hmm. cool. Do we want to sneak back now? Sure, sure. <laughs> so 2013, I was looking at all of the films and there were so many that I really enjoyed, but the one that actually really stuck out to me the most, I don't even think I would have a backup, is Before Midnight. The mm. third film in the trilogy of the Before um, series by Richard one. Linklater, and uh, seeing Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy like really grow with these characters since they release one every nine years, and the first one is such a mystery. The second one is resolution and a lot of emotion because things had transpired in a certain way, and the third chapter is them living in their lives and seeing. Kind of like how mundane it is to be in a relationship with someone yeah. for that long. It's more real. And it real. feels so real. Yeah, it's less of a fairy tale, more of this is the harsh reality. Yeah, it's not glamorous anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that movie is wonderful. And I also happened to see it like the week I met Heath. I invited no him. I invited him out. I was like, "Hey, like if you want to hang out, I already had plans to go see this movie. If you, it's the third in a trilogy, I wouldn't recommend it." And he wasn't able to go. But I was, like, watching that relationship that I had spent, you know, like, so many years forming with Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. And then, like, finding out, like, oh, I just started this journey with my now husband at that same time was all very cool. So that movie, like, definitely marked me in a way that tops all others for that year. It's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a couple of these last ones. There's two written down uh, because I have to still decide. Uh, and this is one right now where I had to decide between Prisoners, uh, the Denis Villeneuve, my sweet Denis. You uh, love that movie. Sweet it's Denis. a very fucking great movie. Disturbing. And the other one was Before Midnight, which I think Bernadette just convinced me of. So I'm going to say Before Midnight's my uh, favorite one of that year, too. That relationship between Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy is um, very special to me. I've been following it. Ever since I first saw the first one, just around when it came out, I saw it very young. Uh, And I remember in 2002 when I was like 16 years old, that was like primo, like angsty teen Mike Burge. And I saw this movie before sunset, which was just all of the things that I wish that I could talk about with a significant other so openly. And it taught me a lot. There's a lot 
of both those characters in my personality today, a lot, a lot of them. And mm-hmm. so, and I actually, I shared before sunrise and before sunset with D. I don't know if she had seen them beforehand. She's, I had seen the first one. You'd seen the first one, yeah. but we watched before sunrise. We watched before sunset together because before midnight was coming out right around the time when we first got together yeah. and we went and saw before midnight and it was a very, very good movie. I agree wholeheartedly. And I love the, the line that Bernadette used about the the difference between like a fairy tale and the reality of a relationship and kind of like, and I was actually talking to Dee the other day. I was like, we're coming up on the nine years where they would announce probably within the next year, like if they were doing it and they're all still friends. And Richard Linklater is the kind of guy who likes to keep doing this stuff. I think it'd be interesting to see how these people would be now when their kids were teenagers. Do I need it? No, Before Midnight is a great ending, just the same way that Before Sunset was a great ending and just the way Before Sunrise was a great ending. Mm -hmm. But Before Midnight proved me wrong. Before Sunset proved me wrong. So I'm kind of like, I could take another Before movie. Um, But Before Midnight is, yeah, an insanely special movie that beats out probably one of the best directed movies of the past decade, Prisoners. So, yeah, Before Midnight. Very good movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite movie, uh, was 2013, mm-hmm. my favorite movie, 2013, um, you know, unfortunately my favorite Bong Joon-ho movie came out that year. Indeed. Mm. It takes place on a train in the snow. It is not my favorite movie of the year though. Uh, my favorite movie of the year is Her. Mm, uh, yes. That's I love a her. great movie. I love her so much. Uh, <laughs> this weird sense. Um. That was on my short list as well. I think her... You know, now we're getting into a lot of these movies that were coming out when I was, you know, going to school for screenwriting and stuff. So there's a lot of, like, influential, like, very influential movies to me trying to, like, go down that career path. And and still, like, there's a lot of movies. Like, I read her. I think I read her at work, like, during the course of this year. You probably saw me reading it on the iPad or something, you know. And and I I really, I really love that movie. Um, And I think, like, there's a pattern forming where I really like movies that, like, have conventional ingredients but are assembled in unconventional ways and i think her really does that very well by having this love story but using something so sci-fi as like the ai to kind of communicate it but then also like making it so grounded and realistic and like the movie you know is in this near future there's like definitely a leap in technology there but that's not the focus it's the backdrop and the way that it utilizes this like twist of sci-fi this like sprinkle of sci-fi which is something that spike jones does like so Mm -hmm. wonderfully in all of his movies where he you know he kind of does he he has these worlds that are like very different from ours or Mm -hmm. like very similar to ours but like heightened in different ways twilight zoney yeah but like like, little things so things a little yeah something's a little different he's so subtle about it too um i think my favorite walking phoenix performances in that movie uh, I think maybe my favorite ScarJo performance is in that movie too. Though I know she came in late to it as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's a flick that I just really, really, really like. Um, and I love the way it's shot, and I and I remember it very fondly. I'd like to watch it again soon. It's a Didn't, really cool color palette to that movie. That kind of like salmony, yeah, like salmon. pastel, it, like yeah. the, the costume yes. design yeah. in that too. You're mm-hmm. like, what year is this? But that's like why it's so cool, like so and that's like Eternal Sunshine's like that as yeah. well, where you're, it's like near but far. Yeah, but There's it's a but, it, but it's it. it's so timeless, but it's also yeah. like it's so close, like it's like so feasible for us. Yeah, 
it's so just like this can be three years from now. Her is still like has been three years from now for the past like what five years now. But yeah. like you know, it's it's so still close. can't get Alexa to have phone sex with me. I'm trying. Right? It's, it's like, but dude, I'm telling you, we're three, three years, years away. Three years know, from now, so you're close. gonna get it. But uh, yeah, it's that movie. That movie is something special, and, and I really just like the 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 kind of the the quietness of it and the sweetness of it, and also like the fleeting narrative it has to say about love and about. You know, you know. At the end of the day, he has this relationship that's not that's not the forever one. It's it's the now one, and you know, there's there's something sweet and interesting about that. I think for everybody at any stage they are in their lives with love yeah. having and love lost. You know, it's mm-hmm. good. And having gone through a relation, well, not through, but having experienced a long intangible distance. long distance relationship yeah. Yeah. for a long time, like that movie, even more so. Speaks I think, to you, you think? Me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I was just doing some quick double checking because I was worried that the movie I'd picked had actually been released in 2012, but I think it was very limited, so I'm just going to go with it anyway. Yeah, that's fine. Um, no one's going to fucking yeah. crucify it. Yeah, so I, <clears throat> I had it. I, yeah, Mike. Oh, he Mike, Mike. <laughs> um, But Mike saw it with me was uh, Joss Whedon's Much Ado About Nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh. And that, that was uh, 13. Yeah. Because Avengers was 12. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was just like a uh, such a cool take on it with so many well-loved, awesome cast. And yeah, I just I just like the aspect of that's one of the Shakespeare plays that I really like already. But just having awesome chemistry and showing that you can do that in any time period, any setting is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one I was kind of t- throwing around with also was Francis Ha. Mm-hmm. Um, still haven't seen that yeah because it's because it's early Gerwig and yeah. it's her you know working with Noah Baumbach and I also it's kind of like a you know it could be a millennial tale or whatever but yeah. it's just kind of like she wants to be ballet dancer but it's not really panning out and so she's yeah. teaching classes and then it's just kind of like yeah your existence is a little bit shitty and you're not sure what you're doing but it's very funny and it's like very real dialogue yeah. I feel like it's very smart. <clears throat> so it's kind of like an early, like, oh, shit, yeah, Gerwig's good. And then, and then she panned out, so. It yeah. really, like, captures yeah. that moment of being young right. in the city. Yeah. Experiencing those feelings. Yeah. yeah, it does a very good job. Like, a little bit lost, but. It's like a really nice time capsule. Yeah. To go back and watch. And Definitely. Be like, yeah, yeah, I related to that, and I still can. Right, totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Diana got us tickets to go watch Serenity and Much Ado About Nothing at a premiere that Joss mm. Whedon did a Q&A That's afterwards, very and cool. I got too scared to ask a question. Aww. Aww. That was like, <laughs> that was like, I spent all my money. Mm-hmm. That was my big hand, mm-hmm. my big gesture for my key. My big, my big gesture. <laughs> I was like, I got the best gift. That's great. <laughs> Getting to see Serenity on the big screen, too. That's one that, that I, was really fun. That was really fun. That was really fun. So bad, but like the Fox merger thing, that was one dream uh, that just got pulled no. right away from me. We'll uh, never be able to show fuck. that. That fucking sucks. Serenity's so so we'll so so illegally. Good. Damn it, Walt. MC17. They'll release them. Yeah. MC17. <laughs> 2013 was a weird one for me. Yeah. Um, it is a weird one. It, Probably her would be maybe my favorite movie, but since Robbie so eloquently spoke on her already, oh, I'm kind of torn. First of all, do you guys remember that there was a third Riddick movie? Yes, yeah. my dad loves I, those. My brain sure forgot like <laughs> completely deleted Riddick, Riddick Back to Basics. Yeah, it's just called Riddick. It's called yeah. Riddick, and it's, it's called Riddick Back much, to Basics. It's pretty much 
just pitch black again. It's back it's to basics. It's back to yes. basics. So the Academy Four. Yeah, like going through the Wikipedia <laughs> list and like double checking what movies <laughs> came out in 2013. You're I was like, like what is it Wait, there was a third. Ri- Wait, I saw that movie. Yeah, man. Anyway, um, so I'm gonna torn between two other ones that like stuck out to me, and I remembered really liking them at the time. But like, it was at this point so long ago that I'm like kind of. Remembering the details, so we'll maybe you guys can help me, like, help me fill them in. Uh-huh. One is The Place Beyond the Pines. Haven't seen it. Have not seen that. That's another one on my list. Yeah. I haven't seen it. No one's seen it. No. no. It's Holy one shit. that has It's one of those ones that has forever. popped up so many place, times. It's okay. like, yeah. you yes. like drive. I still have right. avoided that's, all that spoilers. That is how it is. Because I've heard, is. like, there's shit that goes down and that, and they're like, but it hasn't been spoiled for you, right? No. It's great. But that's... It brought Ryan and Ava together. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. They met there, and, um, it's, and it's very cute. Sweet, my it's, sweet Ryan. And it's Ava. a it's a very sad, very good movie. But I, I like I don't remember enough detail about it. I think mm-hmm. to really like do it justice. And he has tattoos um, in that movie. Right? So His many tattoos are really cool in that. Bradley in that Cooper movie. is the other yeah. character in that. Yeah, isn't that also an early? Uh, who's that guy in The Outsider? He's the bad guy in Rogue One. Oh, Ben Mendelsohn? Oh, ben ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. yeah. As soon as you did that, I knew what you were talking about. Okay. <laughs> He's also a scroll. Sure. Um, He's also a scroll. Yeah. All right, nice Jack. One. The other movie. movie, well, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen this one, Hopefully. is Spring Breakers. Oh, so I good. I, I also really haven't like seen that, that yet. Oh, Robbie! Spring Breakers is a... You guys are getting to my shame time. Can we watch this together? Because I want to see your reaction. Sure. We all need the way to break it for this I've told you the story about me and Dee going to see Spring Breakers. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, because you're like, have you ever seen that fucking movie? Because it's... uh, Spring Breakers is is (laughs) such a trip. And again, like, the details kind of evade me, but it's sort of like the mood of that movie. Just think of the cast. Yeah, the cast is nuts. Uh, And it's also like... I think it's interesting to talk about it in like a best of the decade sort of movie because in retrospect also it is such a movie that is like really understood kind of like the whole tone of the mm-hmm. 2010s yeah. and like the kind of vapidness but also like the kind of existential crisis like of the 2010s. Like existential is a good word because I was going to say not n- no pun intended the movie's very alien. It's yeah. very extraterrestrial, right? But it's also just very like it's about teenage girls and partying. But it's like it, there's something else at play constantly underneath yeah, that it's, that makes it's it very a, disturbing and otherworldly, right? And it's it's it is a, about that like kind of fake glamour and you know the the like peak like. If at the end of this decade, we I think everybody's a lot more aware of like the late stage capitalism that we are in, and like the kind of like places where it's everybody I think is starting to come around to the idea that like this is fucked mm-hmm. and we we've really <laughs> fucked it. Mm-hmm. Um, like Spring Breakers was like singing that song way back in 2013, yeah. and was like really kind of like holding your nose to the very, grime and the garbage movie. of it. Mm-hmm. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't se- seen that movie yet, and I would like to. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I might get the same kind of vibes that you would get like watching Uncut Gems. Like Absolutely, yeah. yeah. In, the, think, in the discomfort, in some parts, yeah. 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 There's definitely more relief and tension. There's more like release of tension than there is like just building up tension. Building gotcha. up tension. Yeah. Gotcha. There's, but yeah, uh, when I think of that movie, yeah, that's I mean, like the un- vibe un- I Uncut Gems is relentless in the tension building, yeah. and Spring Breakers does have moments Some of, breaks. Of, Most definitely. Yeah. <sighs> Some breathers. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. It's very, uh, 
it's a very good testament of to like what Jack was talking about, like the fakeness of certain like things that people do, but also just how easy it is to do whatever you want. If all you want to do is do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And like, that's kind of the big thing of the movie is it's just like, well, everybody pretends that they can do whatever they want. And we pretend that we do, but what if you actually just fucking did? Yeah. And it's so easy to do it if you just don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. And like that's the whole movie, and it's like, ooh, that is Ooh. that's crazy. And it's <laughs> disturbing. Yeah. It's disturbing. It's like, yeah. Harmony sure. Corinne has a way of like really I I think even before like, you know, something like Uncut Gems is definitely a uh, abrasive movie. Mm. But it's one that I think hit big with mm -hmm. like a, a pretty wide audience mm. uh, relative to like the Harmony Corinne movies where mm -hmm. like he was doing that shit a long time ago mm -hmm. and was very fearlessly doing that kind did, of shit. Did anybody like, here see Beach Bum besides I did me not. I really no, want to. Did you guys like it? Not as good. I liked it a lot. But it's, it's because she didn't watch the breakers. end. The end is kind of the thing that kind of brings it together. Is okay. It? Kind of, <laughs> yeah. but it also is a very weird fucking movie. Okay. Yeah. It's not Spring Breakers. <laughs> it's not Spring Breakers. It's more sure. like his really weird shit. Sure. Fair. D, you want to kick off? 2012? 2012? Beast. Beast of the Southern Wild. Beast of the Southern Wild. That's, That's my 2012. That was epic seeing that for the first time. I was just like, what is happening? I saw that here at the theater. Yeah, so and good. I made, I made boy tears out of my yeah, boy eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and... Yeah, it, it was awesome. That's um, good. That's a good movie. Mm -hmm. And that's another one that uh, we went to see later on, and they did like a live score. That sounds. That's we went crazy. to Mass Mocha and we got to see, and it was the director and the original film composer with the whole orchestra yeah. outside yeah. under the stars in the woods. No, no, Whoa. that sounds Not really in the woods. It was what? like the woods was behind them because it's uh, outside the yeah. yeah outside the like museum, there were trees. There were trees. trees. <laughs> we're all we're all near the woods yeah. to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're in the woods right now. But, uh, near the woods. But yeah, that, I feel like that's one that the musical score. Yeah, it gets used a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, for but sure. It's so great. Yeah. Didn't they use that? They use that score for in a trailer Wendy. for something. No, they no, use the something else. They use the score for a trailer, and I was like, "You, you get that fucking that. score out of your mouth." Yeah, you can't use that it was again. Yeah. Isn't the new movie they're making coming out soon? Yeah, Wendy. Yeah, Wendy. Yeah, yes. that looks yeah. fun. Comes cool. out very soon. Yeah, I am excited. Yeah, so that's mine. Bro, baby. Uh, I wanted to shout out uh, Dread. That movie is cool, and it yep. was like kind of an Alex Garland movie, actually. Like he wrote it, but he, there's also word that he maybe he actually directed he, like it. directed a, a bit most. Of it. Yeah, and also I think was like kind of the director in the editing chair at the end yeah. of the day. Uh, and if you look carefully at like some of the slow mo scenes, the shimmer that's kind of like in Annihilation kind of comes from Dread. Like it, like it starts there, and then Donald Gleason's in that movie too. So there's like that's cool. A lot of his like early DNA is in this like really schlocky, trying to be eighties action movie that also has like a very Great modern twist. So that's your favorite movie? That's it is awesome. not my favorite movie. <laughs> no, no, no. But my favorite movie of 2012, uh, after a lot of like meditation on it, is uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Mm. So good. Uh, I really like Moonrise Kingdom, and I think I forgot how much I like owed to that movie. Uh, my entire senior thesis is not a ripoff of Moonrise Kingdom, <laughs> but it is very heavily influenced by Moonrise <laughs> Kingdom. Um it deals a lot with like children, gender politics, and uh, camp and Boy Scouts. So like, you know, a lot of that definitely stems <laughs> from there. And me and Wes Anderson have the same last name. 
So oh, I never realized. Yeah, it's the same. Is it spelled the O-N's? same? Owens. Yes. I think you're right. We're sons. Yeah. We are sons. sons of Anders. Not, not uh, sends. Not sends. Not sends. Yeah. Um, but I love Moonrise Kingdom, and I really love like, <laughs> you know, I think. Hopefully his new movie, and I like Grand Budapest Hotel too, but and hopefully his new movie is also like not, every time you see a trailer for his movies, you're always just like, is this the one where he kind of phones it in and is just, just doing all of the stops? Yeah, I always hope it's not But like case. so far we've been good. Timothy right? Chalamet's like, hair in the trailer looks so great. It looks great. And I think that movie could be great. If you look at the Grand Budapest Hotel yeah. trailer, it's like not that great. And then you see the movie, you're like, that movie's great. That shit is can amazing, I drop a, Can I drop a hot take on the, the uh, what is it, the, the French, French Dispatch? Dispatch, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the, I think it's his most bottle rocket looking movie. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm into it. I, that's, you know? I'm, I'm into, into that. Yeah. I think there's certain edits and pauses and like performances in that that are seem very much more like like Rushmore, Bottle Rocket era, Wes Anderson, then Tenenbaums, mm. Grand yeah. Budapest, which are all great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's we all like all the movies flavor. pretty much, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, Moonrise Kingdom, like I love, I love his ability to kind of like deal with like children's like sexuality in a way that like feels very like not weird, wholesome. you know. It feels very wholesome. It feels very good. The way he explores it is like so great and. You know, again, it's a movie that has all the ingredients that he's perfected over time. It looks great. It's framed well. It gets surreal at moments the way he does, like, um, there's a better word for it, but kind of like, you know, the way he deals with, like, size and scale in the movie sure. is brilliant. Yeah. And, um, you know, there are times where it feels like, you know, it's real people, but it could easily be, like, paper cutouts, and it looks beautiful. And The uh, costume design is yeah, it's, it's amazing, totally. and all the characters are so interesting and fun, and his comedy is, you know, Mamma Mia is still so good. I think my <laughs> favorite line from any Wes Anderson movie is in Moonrise what, Kingdom. What is it? When it's when the dog dies, and someone, oh, yes. one of the boys asks, was he a good dog? And the other boy says, who can say? Yeah, who can say? <laughs> <laughs> I also I really love... I love you, but you don't know what you're talking yes, about. Yes, yeah, that's, that's also the best. A good one. That's, good. that's the yeah. best. So yeah, Moonrise Kingdom. She's so mature. Shout out. There's a lot of you know. There's there's some really good movies that came out that year, but Moonrise Kingdom is is the one for me. Nice. Timothy, I just realized Timothy Chalamet has never been in a Wes Anderson movie. Until because no. is he not the most Wes Anderson ass actor on the planet? Well, like, he had to I've, grow. Yeah, Wes has been waiting his whole life. For you watch this. The, you yes. watch that trailer and. Saoirse Ronan's definitely in there, even if it's just a cameo. So I'm uh-huh. like, fuck yeah, yeah you I mean, guys yeah. got the, in the, there. She, she's the cast, in Grand the, Budapest Hotel too, right? Right, yes. yes. Yeah. Right. The cast the of that movie is bananas. It always is. Yeah. Yeah. That's always the thing. Is. It always is. But it grows every time. Yes. Because yeah. everyone's just like, yeah, I'll work with you again. Yeah, yeah we're coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite movie is also Beast of the Southern Wild. Hey. I cry boy tears as well, new yeah. friends. Yeah, my new friend loves <laughs> new boy friend. tears. I cried boy tears three times. <laughs> uh, I just learned his last name today. Um, Son of Anders. It's the same as Wes Anderson. Uh, <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they say. Uh, Beast of Southern Wild is an insanely special movie. It is magic. A kid. It's magic. Yeah. The movie, there's no other movie like it. Uh, I don't even think that they could make another movie like it with Wendy, even how similar the movie looks and feels tonally, where I'm like, I'm down to experience that. The movie is insanely special. It's a miracle. I was really happy that we were able to show it as one of the first movies yes. at the theater, uh, along with other special massive pieces like Moonlight and Good Burger. <laughs> uh, Good Burger. It's a 
a phenomenal movie, and I can't recommend it enough. Everybody should watch it at least five times. Yeah. Done very, done. very good. So I was going to say Moonrise Kingdom as well. Hey. And I still really, really like that film. It's uh, a film, one of the last movies that I saw with my ex-boyfriend before Heath. Boo. <laughs> Spill. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's that tea, sis. So that's like a... But I, my brother was there too, so I mean, it's kind of whatever. Not the same person. Not the same okay. person. My ex boyfriend, also my brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that movie is great, and I really, really love that film. But yeah, I think we talked about it very well already. Uh, I feel like that year in particular was just like a good movie or to just go out and have some like really good lighthearted fun. Yeah. And so a quick shout out to Men in Black 3, which I think oh, is the best of Men in Black movies. I never well, I got to see it. One yet. I think, you, I think but, it still might be the better one. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that's like not. Just straightening is, her is, tie is, right now. is that when he gets reunited with his wife? That's the Jermaine Clement one. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which Wait, Jermaine Clements in Men Black 3? Yes. Yeah, Jack, the Jack just ran out of the field. Yeah. <laughs> that's what like makes it great. like a smoke figure of, his, of where he was. And Bill Hader's in it for like a short oh, amount of time. That's the one where Josh Brolin plays young Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. I didn't, I never oh, saw And he has an amazing Tommy Lee Jones impression. It's like I a good, it. like, I could see it time travel, mind. space prison. Oh. What are you looking at it's there, great. son? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the shout out. I'll go check that out. Yes, you should. It's it's a good time. I watch that. And it's got Michael Schulbarg in it. Yeah. He plays a great, very funny, touching role. But that's great. But um, I think other than Moonrise Kingdom, my favorite movie of that year was This Is 40, mm. which is kind of like the weird sequel to Knocked Up yeah. in like a weird, bizarro world. And I just thought like Leslie Mann finally gets to like star in something. That's true. And really that is a act good the movie. socks off of that role. And it's got Judd Apatow and Leslie's children in it growing up. And it's got a great Paul Rudd performance. Totally. And Megan Fox is really good in it. And yeah, it's just like a good fun time that's also very sad and real. Yeah. And I really liked Knocked Up, however goofy it is. But I like Knocked Up This too. Is 40 is like such a better movie than that. And it's such a good sequel to like mm-hmm. really cap off those characters. And it'd be lovely to see those characters again, similarly to like the before trilogy. Mm. And maybe we'll get it because mm-hmm. like they're all related and they live hey, in the same house. Like except that. for Paul Rudd. This is 50? <laughs> no, Paul, <laughs> Rudd, Paul Rudd lives in Jen Apatow's house. That's where he lives. <laughs> this is a colonoscopy. I like, I like that too. <laughs> the uh, Paul Rudd, quick tangent, Paul Rudd, this isn't in This is 40, it's in Knocked Up, but that character, the, there's a scene in Knocked Up that I think is the funniest scene of the 21st century so far, and okay. it's the chair scene in the hotel. Oh, Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd. that is what that I was thinking of. That fucking chair scene is one of the fucking funniest things yes. I have ever seen. This chair has a good energy. Yeah, they're all like, there are eight chairs in this room. There's five different kinds, but there's eight of them. And just like moving them around like, look at this one. Mm. It's... It's, it's why so you love funny. Paul Rudd. Yeah. It's why you love him. It's yeah. it's every yeah. reason there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is forty. Also has a great poster. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, poster. Shout out to Django Unchained before we leave twenty twelve. That's Ooh. very true. Well, we're not. We don't need, yeah, we got. We got oh, I'm sorry. Got one Django stop. Unchained. Is it Django Unchained? Django. It is, it is not. Django's a good movie. I like Jermaine Unclement. Jermaine. I'll just. I'll leave. The movie I want to talk about. Uh, from 2012, certainly not the best movie of 2012. That's okay. But in no other context have I ever been able to talk about uh, these creators' body of work. John Carter. Nope. 
Mm. Oh gosh. Mm. It is Lincoln Tim and Eric's uh, billion, billion dollar, dollar movie. movie. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Um Tim and I, Eric. I really thought it was gonna be the master. I had this one picked. I've never seen the master. Oh, the master. And I wrote that on my watch. list. I've, I've never, never seen, seen the master. I also have I actually seen the don't know if yet. you would like the Look, master. Look, read this. I don't like the master. What does it say? Yeah. Why haven't I seen the master? The master? Is Why haven't I seen the master? Is what it says on my list. So yeah. Um, wow, that's, that's crazy. That's a hard one yeah. to watch. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Tim and Eric make content at eleven minutes at a time, <laughs> and it is buck wild that they got to make an hour and a half long movie. Um, and it's it's fucking something that movie. <laughs> the like, scene with Zach Galifianakis, and that's just in the beginning of the movie. It's right in the beginning. <laughs> it's so fucking good. It's just and, and Will they, Forte. I mean, all like everybody. Th- there is a very long list <laughs> yeah. of cameos. Yeah. I mean that they've already had in awesome the shows. Show. Yeah. Um, it's also kind of blowing my mind that it's 2012 is when that movie came out. Like mm-hmm. time has really flown yeah. by. I just saw. Uh, Tim and Eric's live yes. show. Yeah, you fucking did. On my oh, anniversary. Wow. Yeah, you fucking on did. On my first wedding anniversary. That's cool. Day with, with Eleanor, <laughs> you my guys wife. Are cool. Because we're cool. <laughs> um, and yeah, Tim and Eric just has a super special place in my heart. They always will. Um, it is like kind of sort of the bedrock of like my current modern adult sense of humor. I feel like is there comedy and their very specific brand of absurdist out there non sequitur kind of humor yeah Mm -hmm. um and again it's not even like my favorite tim and eric content the movie but like that they got to make that whole movie is crazy and i'm so glad that they did every time i watch it it's like for the first time because i always get too high yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. i saw it a lot in college and I remember laughing a lot. I don't. I don't remember a lot of the middle of that movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Well, it's also one of those things that like you can watch it high, and that will enhance your experience. Or you be sure. sober and become you, high. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and they've said that about their comedy as well. It's like because that's kind of the the question they always get is like, oh, how how fucked up were you guys when you wrote this? Yeah. And the answer that they always respond with is like, not at all. We were we're sober when we write. Our comedy because we want to write comedy that will make you feel like you're tripping yeah. or like you are not sober because it's just that out there. And again, subjecting yourself to like usually it's 11 minutes at a time. So when you subject yourself to an hour and a half straight of it, it's it a is a different kind of yeah. experience. Yeah. I mean, great John C. Riley cameo. Well, not cameo. He like went to one of the on Did you see he was at one of the shows? I did not see that, but that recently was, uh, he was not I, at the show I went no, to. No, he was not. I'm Paul sorry. Rudd was also at the Brooklyn show. Yes. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a, a big stable of like comedian friends that are mm-hmm. that have participated yeah. in their content. Real celebrities. We decided to do John C. Riley is like an a amazing classically trained actor. Yeah, and then he's yeah. like also Steve Rule. Yes. <laughs> yes. Step yes, an brothers. Academy Award nominee. That's mm-hmm. true. Duke Chicago. Uh, <laughs> he's wow. Mr. Cellophane. <laughs> do you want to kick off 2011? Yeah, no, I'll do 2011. Is that what we do? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because we're, we're rattlesnaking. Back. We can do back to back. I forgot. You forgot uh, about that. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting oh, towards the end. We're almost there. Um. <sighs> shit. Yeah. Right. 2011 is a tough. There's there's a couple contenders here for me, and I like wrote just wrote out a bunch of the ones that I liked. 
So I'm just going to have to... Just tell us what your fucking favorite is. I'm just kidding. You know what? Uh, Fuck it. I really, really, really love Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Do it. Oh, oh yeah. Jiro yeah. Dreams of Sushi There's nothing wrong movie. with that, you fucking idiot. No, I'm not saying there's anything <laughs> wrong. There's other movies on there's here that are... There's nothing... Yeah. Don't beat yourself up about this. Jiro Dreams of Sushi is such a yeah. loving creation of, like, that dedication to an art. And it, like, just so fully, like, encaptures that yeah. kind of, like, passion and lifelong obsession and dedication to something. That movie still looks... Amazing. And it looks amazing, and yeah. like it is the as someone who does not even eat fish anymore, yeah. like it just so perfectly like captures the like the the artistic nature of making sushi, and like I think it kind of like was one of the things that like kicked off all the like super almost like food porny kind mm-hmm. of like yeah. shows like messed. Um, chef's table mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. and like now there's like a million documentaries and stuff on netflix that all do that kind right. of stuff but like jiro i feel like was kind of the the first one to really like go mm-hmm. in that direction people like food yeah, yeah. sure yeah. have you ever seen the documentary now spoof of jiro dreams oh. no oh no um, <laughs> oh john oh no like that. oh man <laughs> what's it called this? Juan likes rice and chicken. Oh it's my called God. Juan likes rice and chicken. <laughs> no. And it's Fred Armiston, and you gotta watch it. You know, it. No. It's got, it's, I watched a couple it's, episodes you know, of Documentary yeah, Now but it's and not, never finished the rest of the To be series. fair, I feel like it's it's not so much a spoof of Hero Love uh, Dreams, of Dreams of Sushi. It's yeah. more a spoof of Chef's Table. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it okay. mixes those, those things, things exactly. Very similar. Yeah. yeah. Like, it does, like, the music and the cuts the exactly they, like yeah. a Chef's Table The way episode. that they it's do awesome. the cuts and everything, you're just like, yo, it's fucked up how good you guys <laughs> yeah. are doing this. Okay. Yeah. Like, cool. it's so you gotta fun. watch that one. It's one of the ones that, yeah, will, like, make you, you know, snort milk out your nose. It's, like, <laughs> that funny. <laughs> and I'll just say here, there's another movie on this list that I'm gonna let you guys go around the table, and if we don't hit it, I'll shout it out at the end. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Is it me? This burn. Uh, so this movie is the the most perfect in- intro to a trilogy that we're never gonna get. Nice, which is oh, a wait, huge bummer. Um, <laughs> well, there was another movie that started a trilogy that's really good. It's Rise mm. of the Planet of the Apes. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, that's where yeah. So no, I was going with uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, oh man. Yeah, what happened? He just doesn't money. really they didn't make do it. Yeah. Well, also, they didn't really make much money, I think. Oh, right. is that true? Uh, I thought it, it was not it, that successful. It wasn't that successful, oh, but it was then. a Christmas release. Uh-huh. It made a, it made money. It just, just wasn't. Right it didn't amount. get critically acclaimed. It didn't get all that stuff. So and But David Fincher is just like, I don't want to make sequels, and nobody else wants to make it yeah he kind of like already said that he wasn't gonna make sequels and then he made this perfect movie and then now we're never gonna based off like a long-standing amount of books (laughs) yes those those sequels kind of exist yeah well they do they do absolutely yeah but like getting that in david fincher's like new wave david fincher blue palette and the music is so phenomenal and getting like rooney mara in that character of Elizabeth Salander, and even like Daniel Craig coming in, playing that role, just like every single cog that needed to be put into place was put in there perfectly, and the movie's just phenomenal. I saw it twice in theaters. I probably watched it like ten times total. I've never seen. Oh, really? Together. I've read the book it's and I've rules. seen the Swedish version. Yes. yes. Yeah. The ori- I guess that's the original. Yeah, and, and I like too. both of those. Yeah. 
Yeah. I never read the follow-up book, but that first book is is so is so good. The trilogy. I haven't read the fourth one that they released yeah. afterwards, the Spider's Web. Mm-hmm. But no, that's the second. You What's the fourth one? Girl, uh, it's uh, it's the girl who played with fire. Girl who kicked the hornet's nest. Yeah, so the Spider's Web is the fourth. The one. Spider's Web go. is the fourth. One. Cool. Yeah, I've read the original trilogy, and yeah, like gearing up for that movie, and then to find out, like, oh, he said this thing, and I. Shouldn't have gotten my hopes up before yeah. watching this movie. <laughs> but that movie just, like, is <clears throat> such a good mood. Mm-hmm. It's a bad mood, but it's a good we mood. We were recently yeah. talking about that. There is, like, a perfectly, like, like clarified Burge moment in Girl mm-hmm. with a Dragon Tattoo where, like, I was watching it and I went, just for me? I did that just for <laughs> me? Thank you so much. Hey, if you ever watch it, keep that in the back of your yes. head. Yeah. And, it, and when it happens, you're going to fucking know what it is. Cool. Yeah, just try to tell guess me, it. Tell me off mic when, yeah. when we finish this because mm-hmm. I can't um, think of it. Oh, you'll know it once you hear it. Yeah. For you're, sure. You're but mm. yeah, Robbie, I do think you would enjoy that film whenever you I think have I would the time like it. I like Fincher. To so. watch it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fincher. All right, this one's really rough for me. I still haven't decided. Uh, Come on. Yeah, sorry, uh, but yeah, no, fuck it. I'm going to go. It was down between these two, so I'll say the one that didn't win for Shame, uh, Steve McQueen's movie with Michael Fassbender. It's a fucking amazing fucking movie. That was not on the Wikipedia list. No, it was not. What the fuck? That's a hard movie. Fuck you, Wikipedia. That's a hard movie. Because it's a British movie. Well, that's a hard watch. Shame is fucking amazing. I absolutely love it. But my winner for 2011, is Nicholas Winning Refn's Drive. Mm. That movie yeah, man. fucks. It yeah. is a good movie. I like Music. it. Christina Hendricks. Music. Oscar Isaacs. Yeah, amazing Carrie Mulligan perform yeah. an amazing Carrie Mulligan performance. Even Mr. Ryan Cranston. Gosling driving on, on yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, Soundtrack. Everything. Brooks. It's got a great jacket. Yeah. Good <laughs> really in jacket. Every time I see elevator when you guys scene. do the um elevator scene. Every time you guys do the trivia and I see you have the drive on vinyl, mm. so I'm I'm like put it overcome on. Put it on. with put it such on. jealousy. <laughs> Just like it's the hot pink. Oh, oh my god. It's hard to find. Hot pink and gold. Full of fury. Yeah, baby. That's what I mean. Uh yeah, drive man. is phenomenal. I don't think I have to everyone here has seen drive. Oh yeah. yeah. And yeah. I don't think I have to convince you guys that it's a really good fucking movie. Uh, mm-hmm. It's 2011. I forgot. Which movies like didn't come out like that. I think I was recently talking with you, Bernadette, about the first time I saw Drive like mm-hmm. at the Regal Fishkill when it was a Hoyts. And I walked out of the theater then and I was like, you don't get to see movies like this yeah. in movie theaters like mm-hmm. this. It was a lot like our Mandy yeah. experience. Yeah. I like, saw you it don't get up to in do Hyde that. Park. Yeah, the which is kind of like what which I want to do here is like try and get totally. better movies here, where it's like you don't get to see. That's why we're living yeah. in this golden age right now, where it's these independent movies now. are becoming yeah. so much more accessible. Yeah. It's crazy. And yeah. Drive was like one of the first experiences I had, where I was like, "Yo, what the fuck is this? This is really fucking good." And this is just playing at a Hoyts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah drive, Hoyts Drive, Drive really Hoyts? kicked off. Like, um, I think it's it's one of those like. Probably for a lot of people our age also that like it kicked off like a appreciation of film. Yeah. Yeah. That like has just it definitely affected it like when they, I it. they snuck it under the radar as like a Fast and the Furious esque thing that was uh-huh. made for cheap and they yeah. advertised it as that and they got people in and they made money and people went, That's kind of boring. Like a lot of people were like, It's not fat like when my buddy worked at Regal, 
Yeah. Or when it was the Hoyts, and people would come out and they wanted their money back. Really? Because they were like, Ridiculous. this is a... One woman actually tried to sue the studio for false advertising. This was like oh a big God. deal. You and she was like, get all the things in the trailer. Yeah, yeah people are shit. stupid. They you gotta get watch someone's head to bust open an elevator. It's, it's also interesting, I think, because... Dumb. Like, I might talk about another Nicholas Wine and Refn movie in a minute, but... Oh, shit. Um, Seriously? Are you gonna go there? Uh, yeah, I probably will. Oh, I know exactly what he's doing. Um, but there's only so many options. Uh, <laughs> but, like, his movies are pretty out there and not at all that kind of, like... You know, Fast and the Furious sort of like action no, yeah. sort of movie. Mm-hmm. They are very much like very slow, drawn out, art housey movies. But Drive and even for Ruff and Drive is very kind of Drive is in on the his art house. Most, yeah. it's, it's very without accessible. a doubt even to this day his most successful movie. Mm-hmm. And he has I that think show on Amazon now too. Yeah, which Which I haven't one? watched yet. It's uh, uh, too young, too, to old, die. too old to die young. Oh. Uh. Which is a fucking cool name. Oh. Um, I think I did watch the trailer for that. I want to watch it. Yeah, yeah it's got a. Miles Teller in it. But I wanted to ask Mm -hmm. you, did you see Only God Forgives, and how do you feel about Only God Forgives? I like Only God Forgives, but it's definitely fucking weirder, and I think we've had this conversation. It's way weirder, and it's, but I think Only God Forgives is so interesting because Drive got a lot of good critical reception, and was very successful, and kind of went, broke big for him in a way that none of his other movies had, Mm -hmm. and he had the opportunity with his follow-up movie where everybody was like, all right, Nick, what do you got? Yeah. Like, what's this next one? He brings Ryan Gosling back, and right. he's like, check this shit out, motherfuckers. I'm getting <laughs> weird again. Yeah, the, we, we talked about this because I told you about the documentary Nicholas Winning Reference Partner made yes. about him Which while I still making need to Only God Forgives. I still need and to she's watch like, that. you're a fucking psychopath. He is and a psychopath. And he's just like, yeah, I yeah. fucking am. And yeah. you're just like, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't Never know forget you, it. Nick. He has yeah. a good cameo in um, Death Stranding. Yeah, right. But he's voiced by not himself. Okay. It's oh. weird. It, it, he is, is weird. the same sort of psychopath as Hideo Kojima. Yeah. I think Hideo Kojima is also in uh, Too Young to Die Young. Too Let's old keep it moving. Die. Robbie, what's yours? Uh, go. It was going to be Drive, but over the course of this podcast, even before you said it, I had a change of heart. Um, and it's Hobo with a Shotgun. Nice. Mm-hmm. That was on my short list, too. Hobo with a Shotgun. <laughs> Never seen that. Fucking rules. It's, uh, I don't even know how to explain the color palette of it besides just like. Grindhouse? Grindhouse, yeah. It's, 100% um. Grindhouse. It's about yeah. a hobo who just, uh. <laughs> got a shotgun. He's got a shotgun. And, about a hobo. Does and he take it with him anywhere? He takes it, okay. he takes us a few places. He also really wants to. And how many uh, shotguns is it? Was you say there's a couple? Is there a shotgun? It's been a while since I've seen it. I think it's just one. I think it's just okay. a shotgun. Hobo with um, a shotgun. Good name. He really wants to get, I think, a lawnmower, right? Is that he walked into the Dude, store and getting that I, movie? It's been a while since I've seen it, I too. watched that movie in my parents' basement and um, <laughs> was like, just had a couple drinks during it. And by the end, I felt like I was fully hallucinating. Yeah. That movie is fucking nuts. But, uh, yeah, I really <laughs> love it. Uh, it's He also, he just, like, you know, has a taste for justice and wants to clean up the streets from these gang of, like, cartoonish hooligans and uh, it's the movie is fucking nuts, and it's kind of um, is it? Do you guys know if it's distributed by Magnet? I think it is Magnet. So like that's kind of like a part of like there was a while where like Magnet had a lot of these like really interesting movies like uh, Rubber and Home of the Shotgun and I some think other flicks Troll too. Hunter is Magnet Maybe also? so like you know they. I feel like we don't see a lot of Magnet stuff as much anymore, but there was a time where they were kind of doing what like Neon A Twenty Four were doing now. Yep. Yes. And. Um, and, you know, w- without Hobo with a Shotgun, you probably wouldn't have gotten things like Turbo Kid, these kind of, like, mm. you know, harkening back to, like, these 80s. I mean, Hobo with a Shotgun is definitely more Grindhouse, for sure. But, uh, 
yeah, it has, that's, you know, that movie has a fucking mood and it's wild. So, you know, shout out to Hobo with Shotgun. Uh, that's, that's that about that. All right. Okay. So I'm wrapping this up. Uh, mine is very different than that. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with my 2011 pick is more of a somber movie, but it's The Descendants. Just out to pain. Uh, some beautiful George Clooney. It's like yes. a very young Shailene Woodley mm-hmm. playing his daughter. And it's got a lot of awesome <laughs> uke music because it takes place in the Hawaiian Islands. Um, and it's just like a cool movie because I, I love me some sideways. But it's like a really good, it's funny. It's very poignant. It's also like you're angry with someone, but you're also grieving. It's yeah. just like a cool experience movie. And it kind of takes its time, but it's like a, a nice experience movie. By the end of it, you're like, oh, all right, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a great George Clooney performance. Yeah. yeah. Really, really Probably good. one of my favorites. Like, yeah. it's, it's up there with like Good Night and Good Luck. Good Matthew Lillard performance. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's mm-hmm. good. It also has one of my favorite gifts. George Clooney like peeking over the hill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> George, Clooney, George Clooney running is great. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a great scene. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. yeah. We did, did we see that together somewhere? I don't know. We weren't together when that came out. No, I don't think you and I saw that together. I saw that before I met Who you. Did probably. I see that with? Not me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Too bad. I wish I'd seen it with you. It's a great soundtrack Aww. too. Mm-hmm. Aw, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> did you want to mention one that didn't get mentioned? Oh really yeah, quickly? Uh, Fast Five. Yes, Fast Five. <laughs> Fast Five was up there, but if it wasn't for the other car movie, the, I'm very sorry. It's just, uh, just Fast Five. Movie. I mean, Fast Five. I think is where Fast and the Furious really clicked for me because it's when they decided, like, fuck it, we're just going to so go full action. You and movie. the producers agree on that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's, they're like, oh, but uh, this. also, of course, this this show has a has a uh, a strong connection to the the family. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Yeah. We'll revisit that pretty soon, I think, actually. X-Men First Class was that in the air? That was a good one. I like X-Men First Class. That was a good one. I like that one a lot. lot. The Most Dangerous Method, Carnage. Skyfall was that Adventures of Ten I love Skyfall. Skyfall Skyfall was 12. Contagion? Yeah, Yeah. not 11. You're right. Contagion was uh, 2011. I I can never watch that again because it's happening now. It gives me so much anxiety. I'm talking about it again recently. Attack the Block was 2011, too. That's a great Joe Wright movie. We're missing a big one here. Boys. Yeah, the Lincoln Lawyer. I know. No one brought it up. The Lincoln Lawyer is a very <laughs> underrated movie. It's I was going to say the Raid Redemption. Oh, yes. The Raid Redemption. You mentioned Dread. Kevin is fucking uh, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Last year. Even Moneyball was great. Right. Last year, Moneyball guys. Was uh, who's turn? Robbie. Is it? Robbie's kicking it off for this one. Uh, is it? I, I thought it was my turn. I think it is Diana's turn. Who, how Can does the rattlesnake work? One? No, no, because no, no, we just ended on you. Yeah, yeah. but that's so now, what we did with Jack. So now the rattlesnake goes to him because it goes back this way. Oh, but Jack did his repeat. Mm-hmm. We have not been that consistent. That's true. Do you want to go first? Diana? I just want to yeah. go. Do you want to go first? Let's, let's finish. Yeah, anyone go first. Diana. Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, there you go. Same, Same. Same. Also, pass. Go for it. Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> you talk about yeah. it. No, what do you mean pass? <laughs> you you wanted to go so bad. <laughs> Just shout it out. What do you like about Scott Pilgrim, Diana? All the things. Everything about it? <laughs> Are you in lesbians with Scott Pilgrim? Yeah. Well, I I, I read all those comics, so I was so yeah. excited when Edgar Wright was I actually haven't that. read uh, any of the Scott Pilgrim comics, but I love oh, Seconds. Yeah. Seconds is like one of my favorite you, graphic novels. You should, of all time. especially now that they've re released some of them. They're just expensive. It's expensive to get I them. I should let you borrow them. 
I would love to borrow them. them. Mike has yeah. all the old ones. Yeah, I would and they started before they to put do color on them like a bunch of. I didn't realize they released them in color. No, but they're fun to look at in the store and put back on the shelf. Yes. They're good for loitering. You don't need to buy it because it's expensive. But yeah. Yeah, I I love Scott Pilgrim. You know, 2010 was a weird year. As I was looking back, I was like, I don't know if I saw a ton of movies, but Scott Pilgrim. Is great. I just and, remember uh, the experience of that in the theater yeah. too. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, uh, I really, I really like that movie. It's just, uh, I feel like it's Edgar Wright, like kind of like really firing off on like like fireworks from all cylinders, yeah. like really doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. yeah, I know you guys have a lot to say about that movie, or, or did say a lot about that movie. Fairly mm-hmm. Oh, recently. we still have a lot to say about yeah, that movie. Good. Yeah, yeah. So, sure. Yeah. Um, my. Uh, it was down to these three, and I need to mention them because I don't think I don't I don't think so. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll wait. Yeah, just same. Just same. Just same. Yeah. Uh, Blue Valentine. Oh, it's a phenomenal fucking so movie. Sad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've only seen that once on yeah, purpose. I don't but I would wanna... like to watch it, it was, again. Uh... It was Blue Valentine, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Those were like the big competitors, but the winner for 2010, which I also would argue is probably one of my favorite movies of the decade just period like up there the social network oh huh? wow you yeah. really like the social network you and me both bud because yeah wow. for me it's down to scott pilgrim and social network yeah and, and it was network. very hard to you make like that social call. network more than scott pilgrim i do you dude social network Damn. is uh oh what's what's it called i can't get it in there it's oh it's a tight movie That's what me. did he say <laughs> tight movie yeah, David Fincher had a good couple years because yeah, Woo. doing Social Network and then Sword doing Girl King. with the Dragon tattoo. Same with Trent, same with uh, Trent Reznor and Eddie Ross. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> One of the best soundtracks of the decade. Yeah. Easy. I love their. They, what's the mm-hmm. song that plays? It's like a cover of like a classic song. <laughs> oh, into yeah. the mountains. When the, the when Army Hammer and yeah. other Army <laughs> Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, it's like inside the throne of the Mountain King or something. Yes. Like yeah. Yes. Hall the Hall of, of the Mountain, the King. Of the Mountain mm-hmm. King. That song, mm-hmm. Inside the Throne of the Mountain King, is <laughs> yeah, what no. I said. In the chair? You guys not no. listening? The fact that that did not take home Best Picture that year is beyond me. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest missteps. <laughs> like, we joke about Green Book all the time, but, like, what the fact win? that's the King's Speech. <clears throat> Which uh, speech. is a fine movie. It's just fine. That sounds like a Green Book situation. It's a fine movie with fine performances. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's an but even like bigger misstep. I it, think it, it, it's yeah. the same thing that I have with Shakespeare in Love, where I'm like Shakespeare in Love, a fine film. It stole the best love. picture from Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Saving Private Ryan should have gotten that, and that's that. Mm-hmm. Social Network should have gotten Best Picture, not The King's Speech, and that's that. I like The King's Speech, yeah. and I like Shakespeare in Love, but they're little little doo doo heads for taking it. And Mine. I guess it's not their fault. It's not their fault. It's the Academy's fault. And it's my fault for caring too much. <laughs> And The Social Network, too, was kind of like that first film that birthed new era Fincher, mm-hmm. where his palette color changed, his, like, attention to detail. His films weren't, like, grimy, which I'm not saying that with distaste. Like, early Fincher movies were kind of grimy yeah. and hard yeah. and No, edgy. you're right. Seven. But then, like, yeah, Social Network but, came around, he and learned, it was like, He learned how new. to, like, channel that into tone. Yeah. So it was like now his tone was dirty, and but like everything else could be clean, and it actually made it even dirtier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got out of his uh, Nirvana phase. Yeah, I was actually surprised that Gone Girl was not one of my favorite movies of the year because I love Gone Girl, but that landed on like a big year. I think it was Creed, like the mm-hmm. 2015 yeah. year. Gone Girl's phenomenal in the same ways that Social Network is. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it was funny wrestling with myself to choose between Social Network and uh, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I'm surprised. Which it was like, do I want Michael Sarah or like knock off Michael Sarah? Just the But she also speaks truth. <laughs> but yeah, I love Jesse Eisenberg in that role, and I think it took until The Art of Self Defense to love him as much in a role as I loved him in Social Network. Nice. Like, me too. I think that's yeah. probably. Not I'm pretty that. excited about the what is it like Vivarium or whatever it is yes. that that the one weird, oh, like house that looks awesome neighborhood yes. but spooky. Imogen. But yeah, like taking a movie about Facebook and just realizing like what a terror Facebook has really become, mm-hmm. and just yeah. it's got even different phenomenal. context now. I mean, yeah, it's also it like really remember does. like the turnover of that was like the book came out and they had already started making the movie and like they had Aaron Sorkin like write the script real quick. They got the movie out only like five months after the book got out. Yes. I remember I picked up the book and read the book in three days before going to see the movie because I wanted to kind of have some input. And the, and it's that, that was good. That was opening good yeah. movie, Jack. Jack. It was a yes. good movie. Yeah. What? It is good. It's it's very, it is very good. I've tried to get him to borrow it many times. He won't, he won't take I have it. a copy Second best it. movie it of 2010. It's probably my it's probably your copy. copy. Yeah. I know exactly where it is. I have one too if you uh, want to have. <laughs> now I'm yeah, I'm I have another wet copy. I, of I think it's on Blu-ray. Also, um, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. yeah. Well, now after the art of self-defense, and I, I'm a, have a newfound appreciation. Maybe I'll go back and finally watch the Social Network. Yeah, that was kind of the, that it. was one of the reasons why you can I watch avoided Justice it for League a long instead. time. Or no, no, I'll never watch that. Donald Justice. That was probably while we're while we're talking about this Dog. this this list now of superlatives. That's probably the worst movie I saw in the decade. Was Batman <laughs> v Superman? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. There's a lot of shitty movies. I'm like really that. I'm really ready for this, Jack. So, are you about to rise? Um. <laughs> yeah. So yes. So mm. well. Okay. Ah. Hold on. I was gonna pick Valhalla Rising. Oh, okay. You're fine. I really love that Hollow Rising. It's a very good movie. And I think we gave uh Nick his yeah, due. Sure. We talked about some some Nick movies. Um the reason I'm not picking Valhalla Rising right now is because Robbie mentioned Magnet and mm-hmm. that jogged my memory of a movie that was not on the fucking Wikipedia list again. Boo. Troll Hunter. Yay. I've never seen Troll Hunter. I love <laughs> Was that two thousand ten? Yeah, I guess so. I so Th- that's that was right, because that was inception year. That was the thing. Yeah. I he said magnet. I said troll. I think troll hunters magnet. And then I went, holy shit! What year did troll hunter come out? There and I'm is. glad that this is the year nice. that it came out because it was 2010. And that movie's just so. It's a found footage Fun movie. Fucking movie. It is uh, a Norwegian movie about um, film students that go looking for what they think to be a, a bear poacher, and then they they track down this guy who they think is the culprit of these bear poachings that are going on in Norway. And then they realize that this guy is actually employed by the Norwegian government to keep the trolls that exist, which are like 50 foot tall trolls, at be- like in check. <laughs> and like he is responsible for making sure that the public does not find out that trolls exist and are prevalent throughout Norway. And it's just such a it's, it's a like very well. It's like it's such a it's, simple idea, yeah, but they do yeah, it it's so just, much. And it's just so well executed, especially for a found footage movie, because like. You know, there's, you know, especially like by 2010, I feel like found footage was actually kind of starting to wean off a little bit. Um, But they just nailed it in like this movie has context outside of it just being a found footage movie. It's not like a bad excuse like they're making a student documentary. Mm -hmm. 
and it's just got this like really like the the lead that plays the troll hunter whose name I don't know off the top of my head, but he he's actually like a pretty famous like Norwegian comedian. And the movie is very much framed as like kind of a horror thriller movie, but mm-hmm. it also has this comedic energy to that's it. Cool. That's really just it just really plays well, even for a movie that's not, you know, I'm not a native Norwegian speaker, but like that comedy element that I think carried is carried through. It yeah. really does like carry through and, and it's just one that I've gone back to and watched I've, I've really over and over again. I remember his last name. Yeah, it's Andre Andre Overdahl yeah. is the director. And that's the guy that just made scary stories to tell in the dark. But oh. he also made the insanely underrated 2016 gem, The Autopsy of Jane Doe, oh. which is a and that I've not phenomenal fucking I still want to watch that. That's uh, Brian Cox. I love Brian Cox. And um, Emil Hirsch acting up a fucking story. Nice. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, and Troll Hunter is a movie that's also been on Netflix like forever. Oh, dang. It's been on there for so long. Oh, yeah. Long. It was like one of the first movies on Netflix, I think. Like, yeah, when they launched really the streaming, well. they were like, <laughs> yeah, like, so we got Troll Hunter and, and like, How to Train Your Dragon. And like Live at the Purple Onion. Those. And that was like, that all that was on Netflix. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm not even sure if it's good. still on Netflix. I hope so. But I do have a Blu-ray copy if anyone wants to borrow it. Nice. I do yes. actually. You, I think when we first became friends, we talked about Hannibal, and you mentioned that movie as well. It's great. Yeah, I'd yeah, I'm to gonna watch, watch that for sure. But I also really like Valhalla <laughs> Rising. That is such a weird, a great, like, great movie. Super out there, slow for anybody into life. Mads. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, I am into Mads. Serious. Mm-hmm. This is not the only Woo! podcast. <laughs> That we got on Story Screen Presents. You can check out Hot Takes, Overdrinkers, Cathode Raycast, Trichai 9. There's a bunch of really good ones. Head on over to StoryScreenBeacon.com. You can also check out all of our individual best of lists as well as some other ones. You can even go back and listen to other episodes where we did our best of 2018 and best of 2017. We did episodes on those where we go even deeper into some stuff, especially that Blade Runner 2049 talk. Woo! Um, you can go to our store and buy tickets to all of our fun upcoming events. And Robbie, what else can they do? Buy a fucking t-shirt. You can, but they're out of stock. I was going to say, it says sold out. Yeah, oh, so bug us about it and we'll get more. No one's asking. Oh. They gotta yeah. bug us. I want more. Everybody bought everybody bought the fucking t-shirts. So we can't we don't have them anymore. Um, buy a fucking t-shirt. Uh follow us on Twitter at story underscore screen. Follow us on Instagram at story underscore screen underscore beacon. Uh, spread the love. Give this to people who also like listening to podcasts about movies. Get us out there. We're going to become super famous. So you want to definitely be the people that were like in on the know beforehand <laughs> because like we're so fucking successful. I saw her smell before was on Hulu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we, we and, and D called that uh, Parasite was going to be like the number one movie was going to win Best Picture. She called it. She called it. On your like, that's it. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for joining me and talking about this fun stuff. Black holes are cool. Black holes are cool. <laughs> that's right. You know what? Technically, that, that should make you my friend. Yeah. Black holes that's what got cool. you in. 200 episodes in. We're finally, finally friends. Right. <laughs> 200 episodes, guys. Yay! Woo! Woo! Awesome. Holy Jesus shit. Christ. Wow. <laughs> 100, 100 was like, oh, awesome. Good. 200's like, oh. Whoa. Whoa. What the <laughs> fuck? All right. Cool. Please well, listen to this. Um, please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Big thanks to Von Holt for all of the music. Whoop. And uh, what's our typical sign-off? Peace. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Levels, levels, levels. Louder, louder. Now you nor- how <laughs> okay. you normally talk. Okay, good. Normal talk. Talking like this. This is how I normally talk. Yeah, good. This is how I talk when I'm really excited. This is a voice. What about you, Mikey? Oh, I'm going to be just fine. <laughs> I don't know, you were quiet on the besties. It's because I tried to keep it down because everybody else was really quiet. I oh. adapt. Did Look at me when I'm talking. Oh, Look at me when I'm talking. Who was quiet? Who was quiet? I thought we were pretty good. It's just I'm if I if I'm very bassy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I have to kind of oh, try and talk it down a little bit lower and numbers. be a little bit cooler numbers. because it's going to take everything and level it. Hello. So if I'm too loud, it'll try and bring you guys up, and you guys will be too bassy. So then I have to go and I have to mess with the bassy. Too bassy or too trebly. Too bassy or too trebly? No, that too wasn't bassy. a sign. That you had oh, I was like, do I sound like my nose? Can I can I turn the lighting <laughs> down to sex lighting because it's a little warm sex on Panther? my head? Yeah, you can. Try. All right, cool. <laughs>